do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Feelings right. You know what that means. Time for the Mark Order Podcast here on the Shining Wizards Network. Oh man. Um let's see. Yeah, money here. Ryan's with me. Who there? Hello, Rob Humphrey in the chat. Thanks for joining us. Man. Uh, what an eventful week it's been. Huh, Ryan? It has been eventful, has it? It has been eventful. Okay. There's been a lot going on. A lot going on. Um, so, uh, right now it's the two live crew. That's two for me and two for you. Uh, Ryan and uh, Aunt Money. So uh, we don't know. Kate was supposed to join us. She wasn't feeling great, but she was going to try to join us. So we'll see. She might jump in. She might not. Stay tuned and find out. Uh, also, we'll see if Millionaire Matt decides to jump in and join us again. Uh, there are reports he's trying. He always tries. That's that's all I could tell you. He always tries. Um. He's out uh, tooling around, as he said. I mean, he's always tooling around somewhere. But anyway, um, so Ryan, have you been? I'm good. You know, uh, apparently an eventful week. How are you? I've uh, been good. Been uh, good. I mean, it has been an eventful week in the world of sports, Ryan. Uh, has it? It has. It has. Oh, yeah, we, had a, we had a big game. Uh, a I forgot. couple of days ago. <laughs> well, good for you. Probably so many others have forgotten as well. Ryan, we got to talk about it. it was you the, can. Uh, I'm very tough. Like, I know people want to like rag on me for it. I'm very tough for that because I just don't care once it's over. No, no, no. I'm not trying to rag. I'm not ragging. I'm seriously trying to get your input because you're closest to ground zero uh, in in Philadelphia. Did everybody behave themselves? As far as I know, yes. I mean, I'm sure there's always some knuckleheads. It it was a weird game. Uh, so I think that really made people feel like there was more disappointment this time around than like when they've lost in the Super Bowl previously because, you know, when they won five years ago, they were the underdogs. They shouldn't have won. This time people are like, they should have won. And truthfully, through most of that game, probably should have won. Um, but... You know, a stupid fumble and then some bad defense turf. That's just, but I can't like the fumble. You can't was blame legit. that, man. You, no, you, I'm not blaming anything. The fumble I mean, was legit. 
Yeah. So that was the turn. The bad defense is just bad defense. Yeah. The turf was both teams, but it yeah. was. Let me tell you something. As just a fan of football, how the fuck does that happen? I mean, that's that's the NFL, baby. It's uh, like, just poor planning. It again, it's not a reason the Eagles lost because both teams had to play on it. So unless you you're going to break a news story where like breaking the Kansas City Chiefs knew to have special like cleats made or something like that. Which I'm not obviously I'm making that up. There's no both teams have to do it. It's just how your biggest game of the year, and that's what you give us for a field. <clears throat> no, I call it listen, I agree with you. But oh, oh wait, I don't want to cut you off here. Go ahead. Let's hear this point. Go ahead. The call at the end. It's two things. Well, three, actually. One, I don't like those calls in football to begin with. So, like, from a personal standpoint, it's just like, ugh, I'm kind of a let it play a little bit more guy. And I feel that way for both, like, when the the, uh, the Eagles get the benefit of those calls. Like, it's just, it's like hockey, like, to me, like, the, um, in hockey, the delay of game when the puck goes over the glass or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, just stupid penalties like that where, like, that didn't really affect anything. You kind of could have let that go. I don't know how you call it at that point in the game. Like, it, it the, the, the ball was overthrown. No. So that's why I don't think you call it. Like, I think. Well, they haven't really been calling a lot of those penalties back for uncatchable, right? Um, I don't disagree with you. I'll say this. I don't disagree with you. You've let them play almost the whole game. You can't affect the the referee can't let the outcome of the game be affected by their call. You just can't insert yourself into the game at that point. But I will say this, Ryan, you grabbed him twice on that play. He grabbed him once off the line and then once down legal. the field. Off the line is still legal. You can't hold him. You know, debatable if you call that holding. But again, he, gra- he grabbed his jersey. Which, watch every defensive play in every football game that happens all the time. It's Listen. the second one that they called it, really called it on because that was like the egregious one or whatever. Mm-hmm. My argument being. That ball was so overthrown. You're down like there. If the if if that ball was right there and that half a step that he lost because of the the grab cost the catch, I'd be like 100 legitimate. He wasn't catching that thing whether he was defended or not. So I just I'm of again. I get it. He did. So if you want to go by the letter of the law, I'm not going to sit here and be like, they were robbed because it doesn't come down to one play. There were mistakes along the way that if they had not made them, they win that game. You, I just don't like that. The one thing, though, I mean, <clears throat> that call or not, Ryan, like they would have kicked the field goal and then they would have had to play defense. They were still at that at a point in the field where they could have – the outcome could have been the same. The the bigger thing to me is, um, because this was really one of the only complete football games I actually watched all year. I haven't I haven't been bashful to say I don't really watch a lot of football, but you can't give up uh like twenty one points, no, in the second half. You know, after holding them to fourteen, like unanswered almost. You know what I mean? Like that, that's that's why that's I the don't Regis care. Part. That's why I'm like not sitting here saying they were robbed because you you don't get robbed if you do other things right. Um, 
you can get robbed in hockey if you do other things, even if you do everything right, because you could be in a nothing, nothing game and get robbed. You can't get mm-hmm. robbed in football and do nothing and do other things right because it's just not possible. That being said, the Eagles were moving just as easily as Kansas City was down the field. They very I I would not have with um, with a minute 40 left and two timeouts, they could have gotten into field goal range pretty easily. And yeah, um, again, it's a, the only reason that's not even a what if to me is because you just saw them tied up like they were not they were moving, but it is what it is. I like I said, I my my view on sports is if they had won, I'd be still celebrating. But if they lose, I get over it because I ho- only watch to enjoy it. If I can't enjoy it, what the fuck's the point? Right. I blame it all on the Flyers losing the cup in front of me. Once they lost the cup in front oh. of me in person. I'm like, whatever. At this point, I can't see anything worse than that. I, I just don't care. It's not been a great Philly championship sports year so far. You had it's it's weird because it's one of those things that if you tell me in retrospect or ahead of time that you're gonna experience the World Series, the Super Bowl, and if you like the MLS, you know, MLS, you won't win, but you'll get to experience them ahead of time and end in a in a year from now, I'll be like, Yeah, that's awesome. But in the moment, it's disappointing. Um, yeah, it, it's tough. And to, and to be honest, I think I said it. If I didn't say it on here, I said it definitely off the air when we were just bullshitting. I truly felt that the Super Bowl was going to be won by a team in the NFC. I really felt that all the talent was in the NFC. Whether it was going to be San Francisco or the or the philadelphia eagles i really thought the nfc was gonna win the super bowl this year yeah i mean again they they probably should have they outplayed them for most of that game they just you know that one really bad fumble for a touchdown and then i just they kept they fell for the same trick twice on defense and i'm like how do you fall for that twice those Passing touchdowns in the second half. The defense was nowhere to be seen on those the, passing the, touchdowns. I was just yeah, like, the, you got to be joking. Cornerback, I think it was a corner or the safety, whichever, fell for the same trick twice, which was a moving guy who then moved back. And I'm and I, I'm not one like I don't like I'm not an expert on football in the sense of like I don't see things develop ahead of time, and everything's easy when you're, you know, looking at it from top down. But as the Eagles running on the first one, I'm like, oh, this is going to be, he's falling for it. Sure enough, the guy went, I'm like, you motherfucker, like, just stay with him. I think the other thing, too, is that bitch on both of those plays, and you sort of had to do it, was I think, I think, if memory serves me correct, because it was days ago at this point. It seems like a lifetime. I think the defense doubled up on Kelsey on both of those plays in the in the green. Yeah, and which I, would have, I wouldn't have done. I would have just one-on-one. I know, you, especially in the end zone when you're that close because he can't get that wide on you. And if he's going to beat you, he's going to beat you. But yeah, I'd rather him beat me than what happened. Yeah. I will say, and and it, and it impacted, I would think Kansas city too, but it really pisses me off because it's one of the Eagles greatest strengths. So again, this isn't me saying, but this is where the turf really hurt the Eagles is the Eagles front four are great at getting pressure without blitzes, but you watch, they just slipping and you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, I think um, I don't know. Was there a sack during the whole game? I thought I read somewhere there were no defensive I think, sacks. 
they just couldn't. I mean, it affected both teams. Yeah, they just couldn't get to the quarterback because I mean they they could make pressure, but they couldn't get there as quickly because they'd slide in the beginning. It's like, and that was the Eagles' big strength all year. It was like they could get in. I was like, Jesus Christ! But I mean, again, it is what it is. They, I'll say once they won their one, I don't feel as especially don't feel as bad because at least I have a I have my team have a ring. Mm-hmm. What did you feel about the halftime show with Rihanna? Okay. Seemed underwhelming, huh? I don't really care about the halftime shows. Here's what I just didn't understand. Who was who was um who was clamoring for Rihanna to come back? Oh, well, it's apparently her first live performance uh in seven years or something. So they were like, hey, yeah. and oh cool, she's pregnant, but like I'm gonna be honest. I don't see the appeal of watching any band live on TV. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what what was cool was those raising platforms. That was I've never seen anything like that. And actually when it came on TV, I turned to Mrs. Money and I said, "Oh, that's that's a, you know, that's like uh, augmented reality or something." And then when I saw wires, I was like, "Oh no, she's really up." And there. I think all the dancers in her were strapped in, which makes sense because yeah. in my head I'm in my head I'm thinking there's not enough money in the world. That is an OSHA reg- regulation, my friend. You can't be up there unstrapped. She's Rihanna. She does whatever the fuck she wants, but I, there's not enough money. But again, it's not a knock on her. I don't know if you could put my favorite band at halftime and have me be like, oh, let me watch them live on TV in the middle of a football game. Begs the question, Ryan, who is your favorite band? Oh, this has been discussed before. It's Dave Matthews Band. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Dave Matthews fan. In a boy's dream. That's all I know. Well, I'll tell you two things that I loved show. about. I'll, I have seen him hammered twice. Um, not my choice. Um, I'll say this: two things that I love about the Super Bowl. Um, one, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy than Sirianni, so I enjoyed that greatly. Uh, and uh, two. We got some great Jackson Mahomes out of the Super Bowl victory. I fucking hate that kid. Jesus Christ. Who doesn't? But did you see the video of him doing the TikTok dance behind uh, Patrick Mahomes post game interview? Oh, I did. I just, I guess I can't understand. Like, <laughs> it's so amazing. I, I guess I just can't understand. It's not you. You're not the one doing this. It's not like I get fans like celebrating, all, but he's celebrating like someone who just watched his brother win the Super Bowl or a fan who just watched his team win the Super Bowl. He's celebrating like he's the one who just won the Super Bowl. It's like, but it's not you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, that's what makes it so fucking great. The bittersweet thing about this whole thing is I love Andy Reid. So can we also talk about how did you watch the when the game ended, did you keep it on? Did you watch any of the uh, trophy stuff or anything like that? No, not really. I mean, that's so. Then, did you hear about um, when they were giving the trophy out and when um, what's his face? Uh, oh fuck! Uh, yeah, I know. I heard about this. Uh, who used to play for the Steelers? Um, yeah, I can't. Uh, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw. Um, was uh, he was calling for Andy Reid? He's like. Andy Reid, where are you, big man? Waddle on up here. And then he said something about he basically called him fat and old in the same interview. 
uh he basically was like you're getting up there you don't need to do this for another year do you and then he's like well i have a cheeseburger on us slim <laughs> like, see, come see, on man. the guy just won the super bowl so a couple things we're gonna we're gonna go down this list here mm-hmm. one again i love andy reed he's a hall of fame coach so i'm glad he's patting that resume with two super bowls shame he could never do it for the eagles but he he turned the franchise around and put us on the path to where we are now just by actually making us look acceptable. And he's had a tough life, like with this what happened with his kids and all. Like I just feel for the guy. The second thing, I'm about to say this as a fat man, so everyone can back off because this is coming as a fat man. It's not a big fucking deal. Stop making this a big fucking deal that he made fun of. He's not fat phobic. It's a fat joke. Get over it. Listen. It's not, I'm not angry at Terry Bradshaw. No, no, like, I know you're not, but I'm seeing the, it online. But it's the timing. It's like, come on, man. He just li- they, literally took Don't his they know team. each other? I don't know. It's still just not great to basically be like, waddle your fat ass up here, Lardo. Let's talk for a second if you can breathe. Maybe. I mean, I don't know them in private. You don't, maybe they know each other in private and Andy makes those jokes and that's just how they are. Uh, I just again on, online it became this whole oh, fat phobia. Fat, and I'm like, guys, no, I don't think any fuck. of that. I don't care yeah, about that. And, shit. and I can say that as a fat guy, I could be like, fuck that, get over it. You know what? Andy Reid is fat, it's just the he, truth. He's, he's slimmed down large. a little, yeah. He's uh, he's a but, large but guy, it's okay, and it's okay because he's a happy well, now, right now, he's a happy fat guy, he's a jolly old fat man, but in red with facial hair. Mm-hmm. Glass. Oh my God. Um, but no, I again I'm not. Is there a concerned citizen not, who needs to talk uh about the, the, uh, not tonight, but he's he might be putting a, a theory together. <laughs> it could be. Uh, oh, oh my man. god, his other color was green. Red and green. Yeah, man. Think about it. Put it together. Chinese balloons, or are they? Andy Reed, fat guy, facial hair. Citizen red. Is very upset that Chinese balloons were before. I mean, we're after. Allegedly, uh, we don't even know if they were Chinese al- balloons. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure on that one. But allegedly, oh, after you know his his appearance, but clearly, I don't care that much. Like I said, it, I could talk about it. I, I could watch it. I don't watch a celebration because I just it's boring. If it isn't your team, like, what are you really watching? I was just waiting for top level, next level chef to come on. Yeah, I mean, I I went up. Uh, I went upstairs, watched TV, got over it. But like, I don't, I guess I don't understand the people who like let it break their heart. Guys, win or lose, you have to get it for work. Like, what are we doing here? I get up being upset in the moment, but just, it's okay. It'll be okay. Yeah, everything will be fine. And they have a ring. This isn't like five years ago where they didn't have a ring. You're like, they're never going to win in my lifetime. You've seen it. Hopefully you see it again, but like. Hopefully not. Hopefully you see it more times than the Giants can ever hope for it. Nah. As long as it's not the Cowboys, it's never going to be the Cowboys with Dak. Uh, And it's not the uh, Eagles, and that's fine. Did you hear the Cowboys get, did you hear Dak get booed? Yes, that was. That was so funny. And I don't know, somebody was, it was at my sister's 
for the first portion of the game. It was really it was her birthday. So we were there for her birthday. But she was like, well, it's a Super Bowl. So we'll watch the game a little bit, too. So, uh, yes. And I thought that was hilarious. And somebody was like, oh, that's that's so mean. I was like, he's a cowboy. Most of this crowd seems to be from Philly. It tracks. I mean, he was laughing. He knew what it was. It wasn't like a, we actually hate you, boo. It was. Yeah. We ha- and, and that crowd was heavy Philly. Holy shit. They were very loud. They certainly were. Uh, and I also enjoyed, they turned up like the music, the house music when he started uh, talking and he was getting booed. You could hear like the uh, the music bed get raised up and they turned the crowd mics down. It was so fucking funny. Yeah, he was, he was uh, they should have expected that, but whatever. Well, now you have uh, hockey season to look forward to, right? The Flyers are in good shape. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let's pull up and see what place they're in. Okay. It's not playoffs. I can tell you that much. Yep. Let's pull it up while we're talking. So, they they are currently in... Well, okay. So, this I hate the way they do this now. Mm-hmm. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen spot. Okay, in, in overall, in in the east, yeah, overall in the east, in the met, in are, the metro. No, no, they're in the east or the fourteenth. Oh, in the east. Sorry, uh, that's right. Okay, yep. In the metro, they're second to last. Yep. Um, they are. Seven point. Oh wait, hold on. Sorry, I was looking through eight points back. Oh, okay. Yeah, the wild card. Okay. Well, you're in good shape then. You're in great shape. Oh, great. They're in such good shape that I got a out of the blue email from my Flyers people saying, "We're giving you the three free three games in April for free, and that'll just be a credit to your to your renewal." Awesome. Look at that. So they're they're in real good shape. Listen. I mean, you're in good shape. Hopefully, you know, you don't run into the third place devils who have a 43 point cushion. Um, you know, you'll be fine. You'll squeak in. It's all good. Yeah, fucking hell. What I'm more concerned about is what pick we get. And the West has some really bad teams. And, and, and that's going to kill the, the Flyers ability to get a higher pick. Oh, Ryan. It's, are, that's depressing. That's more depressing to me than the Eagles losing the Super Bowl. Things are coming up, Ryan. Uh, well, Ryan, I'm sorry that the Super Bowl didn't go your way. We were sort of pulling free on the back end, although there was a nice text thread, I think, early that morning. I think Matt said he hoped somebody died in a fire. I, I think the I meteor said, hit it, I think, or something. Yeah. That was me. I gave you the meteor. Uh, you. Yeah. Um. I didn't like either of these teams, um, but I'll tell you this. Um, Saturday, I went with Mrs. Money to a concert. She was feeling much better uh, over the weekend. So we had tickets uh, to a concert she wanted to see. So uh, we wound up uh, heading out to the show and um, she woke up the, me- the next morning, Super Bowl Sunday. She was just like, yeah. I got like a headache or something like that. And I was like, okay, well, take it easy. 
maybe she, you know, enjoyed herself a little bit at the at the show. So I said, just take it easy. You know, we'll go to breakfast. We had some errands to do before we went to the party. So we did all that, went to the party. And because of all the kids, we we were my sisters at three o'clock and we left at seven. Like we didn't even stay for the game. You know what I mean? Like everybody was sort of out. We got home and she was like, I'm cold. And I was like, it is hot in this house. So unfortunately, Mrs. Money wasn't feeling that great uh, Sunday night into Monday and Tuesday again. So Mrs. Money has been down for the count over the past couple of days with a sinus infection. Oof. But what's great is that uh, that that little money uh, was feeling much better. He went to school this week. He was out all last week, Ryan. I think I told you guys this off the air. Yeah, I forget. what did he have? I don't remember if we knew what he had. So, um, he, uh, I th- uh, recap a little context. He threw up Sunday night while Mrs. Money had, had run out, uh, to something she, she had to be at. Uh, and then he was home Monday. He threw up a couple times overnight, home Monday, threw up a couple times Monday. And then, you know, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday he woke up, he still had like a fever and stuff. So went to the doctor, they found out he had an ear infection. And something viral because he had a he was throwing up and he had some diarrhea. Poor kid. So um, so uh, he wound up getting better through the week. He had some antibiotics. He went back uh, to school Monday. He's been at school all week. Uh, so that's been good. And uh, so tonight. He was saying he felt tired. And so we, it was seven o'clock and I was like, yes, he's going to bed early. This will be great. But he fought it and he stayed up and you know, play Nintendo or whatever till his normal bedtime around eight o'clock. So we start this process, Ryan, around like quarter to eight, because it's usually like, well, now I got to go to the bathroom and it's like, it's eight fifteen, pal, like go to bed, you know, uh, or it takes him 15 minutes to brush his teeth because he's just dragging his feet, you know? So he had his last antibiotics to take tonight. So it's seven 45 and, um, Mrs. Money's still recovering, but she's in the kitchen. She says, I got your medicine. Come finish. This is it. Last medicine. And so he gets off the couch and he's he goes to me. My stomach hurts. And of course, I'm like, get in the kitchen and take your medicine. He's like, all right. So he goes in the kitchen and he goes to he goes to Mrs. Money. My stomach really hurts, mom. And she goes, come on. You take your medicine. I'll take my medicine. We'll take it together. All right, cool. And he picks up his cup and he goes, my stomach really hurts. And she's just like, one, two, three, down the hatch. Here we go. They take the medicine. She takes his little cup because he's finished. And she goes, see, I'm really glad we could take our medicine too. And that's all she gets out. And then Ryan, I'm in the other room, like cleaning some stuff up. I hear splat. That kid projectile vomited all over the kitchen floor. Oh. And then uh and then he's just like, I'm sorry. And she's just like, it's okay. And I'm like, don't move, because it's all over your feet and the floor. And then I hear splat again. Vomited the second time. And now I'm like, I gotta go get a mop. So I run downstairs. To my mother-in-law and I say, do you have a mop? <laughs> She's like, yes, I have a mop. I was like, okay. He threw up all over the kitchen. And She's like, okay. 
So she gives me the mop. And while I'm downstairs, I hear a third splat. So now three projectile vomits. And I go back upstairs and there's just a giant puddle of what was pizza, chicken nuggets and a chocolate bar. Uh, that he had for dinner. So needless to say, Ryan, I spent the opening of dynamite, um, helping Mrs. Money and my mother-in-law clean up a giant pile of puke. So I'll say this, when we start to talk about dynamite, you'll have to, I'll run through what happened in the first match, but I have no opinion because I didn't see it. (laughs) Now the question is, how did he feel after puking? It seemed to feel good. Um, you know, uh, some of the others in my house said, well, he felt a little warm. And I'm like, this kid is going to fucking school tomorrow. And well, it's also, like, he just puked. So there's a good chance he's just hot. I think if you have to ask my opinion, the chocolate that he had for his treat tonight was a giant like chocolate lollipop, you know, that like, you know, the molded chocolate on a stick yeah. that. Uh, you know, like the school ran a fundraiser for Valentine's Day or whatever, so you get a lollipop, you know, the chocolate, and it comes from mom or dad or whoever. He ate the whole fucking thing. So I think he honestly ate too much. Like, I think it was too much chocolate. And, and he's also on antibiotics, which mess with your stomach. Yes. Yeah, That's a bad that's combo. Yeah, that's why I asked how he felt after, because to me that sounds like a... I'm on antibiotics. Once you described what he puked up, I ate a ton of shit, include not shit, yeah. but you know, food. Yeah. And then yeah. I had something I shouldn't have had. Well, you know, and then I vomited it all out. Now I'm okay. The heat thing I'm thinking that was just the force. Oh yeah, gonna, definitely. Like, I don't know about anyone else. When I, when I vomit, I, if you're not sick, even like just for whatever reason, like you get hot you're like, it's exertion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he seemed fine. Uh, he seemed fine. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But yeah, Ryan, I thought that was pretty eventful. Uh, you know, cleaning up puke, leading into dynamite. Now, Ryan, here's the other thing. Um, the uh, the big uh, holiday just happened. Uh, did uh, did you have a nice Valentine's Day? Uh, I did not do anything. What? Uh, yeah, now the captain was apparently very busy. I heard you he had a hot date. With who? I heard that Ryan had a date, not the captain. And the Ryan did not have a date. I saw a picture. It looks sort of like this. Oh, no. Rejected. What? Yeah, it's a cramped up. Oh, you cramped up? Okay. For those not watching, you'll have to go to the YouTube. I'm not explaining it, but you no. probably get it. All right, Ryan. Well, that makes two of us. We kept it low key because Mrs. Money was not, you know, is not feeling well. Yeah. That so. makes. I was about to ask you, but you answered the question when you told your story that I don't think you guys are going out for a fancy dinner if she's sick. No, but I did. Uh, and the other thing, too, is I have to go to my shoot job office once a week now. So it's Tuesday. So I had to trek in, you know, to the city and that's a 6 a.m. wake up call, leave the house at 630 and I'm not walking through the door until like between seven and seven thirty. So we weren't planning on doing anything. Um, But I did say, like, whatever you want, 
you're not feeling well. So whatever you want for dinner, like I'll order us Here's dinner. A I'll big spaghetti up. dinner. No, uh, we did do dinner. I can't remember where. Honestly, I can't remember where. It might have been something as low key as like Taco Bell, because I said to her, "What do you want?" Since you're feeling good enough to eat. And it was two Mexican places she suggested. I think it was Taco Bell was the way. I know what her gift was for Valentine's Day. What? Tony Nice wrestled on dark. That's right. And I was asleep. She watched it in secrecy, I found out. She real, watched real quick, it in secrecy. So, yeah, yeah. Eric Fried, you are not invisible. I don't know if half um, if your stuff, like we're seeing a bunch of comments, obviously haven't gotten to them yet because we we're going over our weekend. But we can, I don't know. We can see you, so I don't know if other stuff is disappearing. We can't see. Can't really go through all that. Yeah. Um, but you're not invisible. But yeah, so okay. So you guys did do a nice Taco Bell, romantic Taco Bell, you know. And I and I picked up ice cream was requested, so I, I picked up some ice cream. You know, again, I was just like, You're not you you haven't been feeling well. So whatever you want, I'll I'll pick it up, I'll do that. I didn't even go to the gym yesterday because I was so fucking tired. For some reason yesterday I was exhausted. So I didn't go to the gym. So well, you could be catching something, my friend. No, 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 no. I'm believe it or not, Ryan. If I was going to catch something, it would have been caught already. Everybody in my house was sick last week. I was the only person who didn't get anything. Weird how that happens. I have been. I was taking vitamin C and taking it with emergency and doing all that kind of stuff. So it's like maybe I staved it off, but feel pretty good. Don't jinx me, dude. Don't jinx me. I won't. So we have some semi-breaking news here. Semi-breaking news. Da, 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 da. Oh, hey. This happened while we were chatting. So this is, I, I didn't know if you saw it, so I figured I'd bring it up. I didn't. This is the picture that Tony Khan himself tweeted. Mark Briscoe is all elite. Now, that's awesome. But refresh my memory. Weren't they technically signed to Ring of Honor? The Briscoes. They were. They were. I don't think they could acknowledge it like that heavily before. So I think he's just trying to make up for like what he wasn't allowed to do. Right. Like because they because I have a feeling even though he's all elite, maybe he shows up on AEW a little more regularly, but clearly he's going to be ROH bound, which if you're in your news section, if you got the numbers, we know the dates. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about it in news yeah. and notes. I got it all. But I figure he's going to be ROH bound, but probably a nice little thing to be like, hey, I wish I could have done this before beforehand. Sorry, took tragedy because clearly this isn't his. This isn't Tony Khan's trying to make up for it. He wanted to do this all along. I mean, that's why he signed yeah. into a long term contract to begin with. He loved the Briscoes. He just couldn't do anything for him until something sad happened, which really yeah. sucks because, you know, Warner sucks, but. Yeah, and I think we, you know, I think that's pretty much um, public knowledge. It's like they wanted them on TV, you know, they wanted them on Dynamite and stuff like that, but Turner wouldn't allow it. And I said it when Jay died. I was like, you know, it really fucking sucks that, you know, the guy had to die to get recognized on on television, and and for his brother to be allowed to wrestle on network television. Fucking stupid, but really good for is. Mark Briscoe. Yeah, good friend. I just thought I'd break that while we were while we were chatting. Excellent. That's a good one. That's a good one. So we covered mm -hmm. Valentine's Day. We covered the Super Bowl. Nothing else, right? Seriously, I'm not even joking. No, I think they were that that Super Bowl and Valentine's Day were the real things of the week, and then that just broke. So I think we get into Rompage. Rompage. 
uh yeah we could talk about rampage um kicked off with uh blackpool combat club defeating the butcher the blade and kip sabian uh for those maybe who hadn't been watching the butcher with the new look he shaved his head looks menacing he looks like he's in great shape he looks i mean he looks scary before he looks scary now yeah um this this listen i know it's his match tonight but i'm just gonna say it now because we're talking about kip sabian yep kip sabian came out with a cowboy hat tonight i don't know about the rest of you i was enjoying it you keeping a cowboy hat Kipping a cowboy hat. Listen, I, I love what I love. I think Kip is perfect for Butcher and Blade as like a trio. He's crazy. They're crazy in a different way. Yeah. Plus, you have the Penelope Bunny, you know, thing. That's to me as perfect as you can get as a group. So I'm loving what they're doing. The match was good, obviously. The 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 Blackpool Combat Club versus the, the Butcher the Blade in the Box was really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a it was a really nice uh, opener. Um, And I agree with you. I like that trio. I hope they uh, actually stick them around. Uh, Asian Joe shaved head looks menacing. Are we talking the butcher or ant? We're talking the butcher, but I did shave my head, Ryan. I'm sure you could tell. I I noticed I I meant to comment on it. And then we then we got distracted. It's okay. You could comment on it. I like it. I like the look. You You told us you were doing it. I did. I did say I was doing it. And um what I forgot about is I thought I was doing it over the weekend. I did it Thursday night. All of a sudden I was like, you have an appointment. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can say this. Uh, it, it needed to happen. Uh, that's why I pulled the trigger on it. Cause it was like, just should have done it like six months ago. So I did it and, um, it was, uh, we'll go back to wrestling in a second here, Ryan, but it was totally like a total pampered experience. Like, I didn't know what to expect. I literally thought they were just going to be like, all right, sit down, like throw some shaving cream on, zip it off and like, all right, see ya. But it was they uh, buzzed my head down. Then they did the hot towel on on top of my head, uh, rubbed in some uh, some whatever, some oils or lotions or they put wax on it. No wax. But they did. uh they did the hot towel. Then they, they, you know, with the brush and the lather, lathered up my head, did a, did one pass over my head, hot towel, lathered up a second time, did a second pass over it, hot towel and a head massage. Third pass over it with the, the lather and the, um, and the razor hot towel, did a little bit of shape up cold towel on top of the head. It was a great experience. I loved it. You, it's going to be they... like my special thing to to like, because now I clearly don't need a haircut like I used to. So like that'll be my like thing now. Like I'll I'll get my head actually like shaved like once or twice a year. Did they, did they host a funeral for, for the, the hair? No, I mean, I listen, I said to to uh, to my barbaress, Christine, I said, uh, like when I saw her before Christmas, uh, I was like, listen, next time I come in, like we're taking it all off. And she's like, really? I was like, yeah. I was like, it's, it's time. She was like, yeah, let's do it. So I booked it and I was like, new year, new me, baby. We're going to, we're going to be tough. We're going to have a tough look. I like the way it looks. I like it too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just joking around, but no, I do. It works. You know what helps Ryan? 
I have a round head. You do. You don't have like one of those weird eggheads or something like that. Because if you had like if your head was like long or like yeah, up, yeah, yeah, it'd be weird. It kind of, I hate to say it kind of also helped that it was needing to happen. Yeah. Because it always is a little weirder when someone has like a full head of hair and then they're bald because you're like, what the hell just happened? Right. But when it's been like time, because because I, you know, obviously know plenty of people who've done it. Oh, he must have a new account. Um, sorry, I was about to yell at Eric Freeze for just following us. I'm like, how the hell are you just following us? But that's a whole different discussion. Um, trying to make sure we, our stuff gets put out. Uh, yeah, no, I liked it. I liked the 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 um the the shave look. It, it it's very ant. I'll I'll also say this. Um, like as they were doing it. Like I'd like people would walk behind me and I'd feel the breeze and I'd be like, holy shit. Like, and then there wasn't much left up there, Ryan. So like, I didn't think it would make that much of a difference. It has been incredibly like I'm, I'm much colder than I used to be. You know, you don't think about it. I mean, I don't keep my hair that long. I don't know if I could ever do the full bald though. I think, I think if feel weird, it's, it was weird. It was certainly weird at first, but I've, you know, I'm kind of used to it. It's been about a week now. So, um, you know, it's a whole different thing now. They're like, you know, you got to make sure you like, you know, lotion the top of your head and stuff so it doesn't get dry on you and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, I'll slap some lotion up there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the thing, too. I'm like, I don't know how dry my scalp is. I don't know if I want to embrace that. I embrace it. Do it. No, I don't need to. My hair keeps going. So Asian Joe is my point. Carrion Cross, when he shaved his head, they can grow a full head of hair. That back and forth is just weird. Like you got to embrace one and live with it. This is going to be it. This is going to be it. Because it ain't coming back. I hate saying it. Yours wasn't coming back. Like Carrion Cross grew grew a full head of hair. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I don't think I ever would have done like the uh, the space toupee either. You know what I mean? Where they like, uh, you know, take your hair and transplant it. Like, I don't think I'd ever do anything like that. It's just it's my time. You know, unfortunately, I got the wrong gene, uh, you know, uh, on my mom's side of the family. So uh, Asian Joe, I shaved my head skin tight when I was 12. I learned I should never do that again because my head is not made for that life. Yeah, I'm telling you, Joe, it does help. I do have uh, I do have a nice round head. And then I just have to say, because he's healing it up against Kate, and I'll embrace that tonight since she's not here. Of this show is so much better without the woman. She's big time on us again. Yeah, didn't even tell us uh, whether or not she was going to be here. So, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, all right, let's jump back to the wrestling. I'm sure nobody needs to continue to hear me talk about having my Shaved head. If, listen, um, if they want, if they want to know about your your shaved head, watch the YouTube. Watch the YouTube. You can tweet me. I guess I have no fucking clue. I don't get any fucking alerts. That's all I know. So, if you reach out to me on like Twitter or something, this is just an FYI. If you reach out to me personally, I'll get back to you like four days later when I open Twitter and I see like, oh, somebody messaged me. Just an FYI. It's not me being big time in anybody. I don't get fucking alerts. I don't even get alerts for the Mark Order account, Ryan. I get no alerts. But they're all they're all on. That's what's annoying. They're all on. And I don't get any. That doesn't make sense. Because again, like 
I'll come back and there'll be like a ton of them. So you should have some. But is that the only account that you have on your phone? No, I have my, my personal that I don't use ever. I have no idea then. I have no idea. I have every alert set to on. I have That's no a, idea. Anyway. Like I could like again, I'd clear them out for you. Like if you were to look and I had been on it, it'll wipe them clean. But I go onto the mark order account to just do promo stuff. That's pretty much yeah. it. You're in control of all the other stuff. Yeah. I'm the one with no life, no kid, no projectile vomit. That's the way it should be. Lucky man. Um as far as lucky man for the projectile vomit. Yeah, I no, I knew what you meant. It just sounded funny. Um so uh jumping back to Rampage, uh Darby Allen says he was keeping his word not to challenge Samojo for the TNT title, but Darby did say he owes Ortiz a favor for having his back. And Sting said he and Darby are planning to go out in a blaze of glory. So Schlong, a lot of people saying, uh, you know, Sting has been very vocal about this being his last year in the ring. Uh, maybe Sting is sort of starting to line up some sort of final match that he's going to be involved in. Well, ooh, so, so let's think, how will it work? Darby, Sting, Ortiz. Versus the House of Black. Oh, that's my guess. Now, the problem with that is, well, Sting would go out on his back, so that works. Sting could go out on his back for sure. He's 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 old school, so that doesn't. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather just Sting versus Darby. Not I mean, I listen, I think they should turn Darby heel just for a character change. But even if you don't just Sting versus Darby, it's like Sting going to Darby. It's time. You have to prove you could beat me. And I'll know you're good for me to walk away. And then Darby beats him, and that's Sting's last match. But it's, you know, because, listen, it's weird because Sting wrestled from, I forget when he started, late 80s to basically 2012, 13, 14, somewhere in that area. Took some years off, whatever. Yeah. And now he's wrestling again, but it's weird because he's now going to be forever linked to Darby, at least in some way, not permanently. Sure. It's not the only thing you're going to think about Sting, but this so like it'd be kind of nice to have Darby be his like the guy he puts over on his way out. I mean, maybe this, maybe if they do do, um, Darby Sting Ortiz versus House of Black, maybe that's not it for Sting. You know what I mean? Like maybe that does somehow lead to him sort of feuding with Darby for one final match against Darby. You know what I mean? Like they, they could figure a way to work that into a story somehow. That's true. They could, I mean, they could have a couple. I just think that'd be like, to me, that's how I want him to go out. Lose to Darby, the guy you've been working with for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And really like, I've enjoyed the Sting, Sting Darby pairing a lot. So it hasn't been a waste of two years. I think Sting is one of the old guys they've used really well. He looks great when they have him wrestle, but he doesn't wrestle a ton. And Darby's doing a thing. The problem they've ever had has never been with Sting and Darby. It's just been finding Darby, his role, which they still need to work on, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, and I feel like they've done a, a better job with Darby as of late. Like, the matches that he's had recently haven't felt all the same, right? He hasn't felt like he's been fighting from underneath the whole time, and he's been putting on some really, really good matches. Um I just think they do need something sustained for him, but he, you know, the rumors are that he had some time off because he was filming something and he probably needed to re re 
not rehab, but sort of reheal himself a little bit. I mean, that the last string of what, like four weeks when he won the title to last week when he lost it, those matches were crazy. Oh, no. Yeah, th- this is Darby's best served by wrestling a ton in insane matches. Unfortunately, that's what he's best served by. Like he's kind of the opposite of MJF in a lot of ways where MJF is best served and MJF is a fantastic wrestler. It's not insult as a noticeability, mm-hmm. but if you want MJF to be heel, your best bet is to not let him wrestle because he's so good. He'll get over that way. Darby's the opposite. You want Darby constantly wrestling because he's his talking is never going to be his strength. So he needs to be in that ring doing insane things and that'll get him over. So these last, when he had, when he had the belt and he had so many title defenses in such a short period of time, that's perfect. Didn't have it for a while, but he had a bunch, which is what I want the TNT to be anyway. It annoys me when it's not constantly defended. That belt should be constantly defended. Yeah. And I think we're, we'll talk about the TNT title when we get into dynamite, but I think we're sort of going to see it line up to be something like that again. Right. I think maybe they just gave it a break because Samoa Joe just got it and we're sort of lining things up. So either way, Blaze of Glory, we'll see what happens with Sting. Starks is sick of the Jericho sneak attacks, and he wants to embarrass Chris and take him down several notches. So uh, Ricky uh, says that next week um, he wants a match against Daniel Garcia. So this sort of brings us back to last week's discussion song, and we don't need to get deep on it again. But again, Starks wants Jericho. The reason is very thin, but... It's Starks who wants Jericho. It's not Jericho who wants Starks. So he wants retribution now because of the numbers game. And again, if it's going to lead us to, you know, the match we're getting Friday, Starks uh, versus Garcia, I'll take it because that's going to be a great match. I just really hope they don't schmoz it up. Well, they're going to schmoz it up, but of course, they are. this is one of those odd things where like, I'm okay with the result, even though. The way they got here has been completely illogical. I, I hate she's not here, so she won't hear me giving her credit. I, you know, Kate's right. Don't give her credit. No, 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 don't. Don't. Well, she's not here, so I don't just, have to no, give. No, She'll no, never listen. Don't. She won't listen. Don't do it. All right, that blonde bitch is right. Boom. Um, it doesn't make sense that Starks won against Jericho, and now suddenly he wants the rematch, unless they have Jericho do something awful to Starks. To justify, and they haven't done that yet. They never really did that. They kind of just skipped that part. <laughs> but yeah, I'm and okay Action Andretti with- sort of lost in the shuffle. That's the other sort of problem, right? Like he was part of this story, and now he's sort of gone. He's just the hanger on at this point, which I'm fine with because he kind of was made early on in it. Just give him a couple moments, like give him a match against Sammy Guevara. You know, where he can go out and have like a because I think those two would have a fun match. You know, give him a Daniel Garcia match. Let him have. He doesn't have to win them. Just right. let him go out and have his matches. But you're right, because right now, if he's not wrestling, what is he doing? But they need to they, – they skipped the reason why, but I'm okay that it's continuing. I know Jared, people get annoyed, and I'm one of them. The Jericho feud seemed to go forever. This one hasn't yet, so I'm okay with it. Um, plus, I just want more Starks, so I can't really complain mm-hmm. that he's continuing to be on my TV. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there because – if you drop Starks out of this, what does he move on to? You know what I mean? Like everybody's sort of locked up into something. So that would be my fear is that if you just end this, where does Starks move to? You know what I mean? Um, so I, 
I'm sort of okay with this, but we're going to get that. Speaking of the JAS, the Impractical Jokers come out with uh, Floyd as uh, Jericho responded to them on the Impractical Jokers. And the Jokers mock the size of Jericho's bat, and um, they get a small bat chant started. Uh, and Jericho confronts them. He wants his bat back. And then he says he's not going to take it, but my guys are. And basically the JAS... Um, uh, you know, put the boots, the impractical jokers, they choke him out. Um, someone gets bombed through somebody else on the table. I don't know the guy's names. I don't watch the show. I know one guy, but I don't, he wasn't on TV. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know if that leads to anything schlong, but we've paid off the impractical jokers for corporate synergy. I mean, that, that's what that is. That's And I'm fine with it. Sure. It's a rampage thing. Who cares? Um, you know, you don't want this on dynamite, but rampage is rampage. I never get mad when WWE does this stuff. I'm not going to get mad that AEW's doing it. And if if ultimately, because I mean, listen, I don't enjoy the Impractical Jokers. I know a lot of people watch that show. Um, so if it helps get people over to AEW, then I guess it's good, right? It's a it's a huge show for the network. You, it's good for two. Yeah, I mean, it's good that. Listen, TBS isn't put or Warner isn't putting the Impractical Jokers on Rampage to pop the rating on Rampage because they like it wasn't promoted enough. It wasn't a big enough set, um, big enough thing where that was going to all of a sudden bring in you know an extra three hundred thousand viewers. Like no one expected that, but they like the Rampage audience enough and the AEW audience enough that they want to tie the two together, and that's a good sign for AEW. That Warner views them at that level, right? Yeah, it's it's all good in my book. I don't, whatever. It's over. Uh, Dustin Rhodes cut a promo on Swerve, saying he's not afraid of him or his thugs, and Swerve isn't going to tarnish the Rhodes name. Uh, he said he's coming for Swerve's blood and his soul, and that's when Parker Bordeaux and Trench show up and they start to brawl. Uh, so Rhodes is on the losing side of the numbers game. Swerve then says next week they'll have a match on Rampage. So at least the Swerve and Dustin Rhodes coming up this week. Um, so that's fine. I mean, we all know Dustin's in the last year. He said the same thing. This is his last year in the ring, and he's going to hang it up. So if we get Dustin and Swerve, that could be a fun match. We'll see what happens on Friday. I want Dustin deserves to have a last, like, not a run, but a last, like, series of matches. And, um... Swerve should be on TV. So both things are a win for me. And I mean, let's be real. I'm sure that he's getting to call who he would like to have a match with. Right. So, um, oh yeah. And he's going to lose. So it's not like they're going to like on his way out. He's going to wait. Like this is perfect. And it makes Swerve look like a dick, yeah. which he's a heel. You want him to look like a dick. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm good with this. Yeah, Ruby Soho uh, defeats Marina Shafir, but the big news is that after the match, Saray and Tony Storm come out onto the stage telling fans to shut up and to show them respect. So they walk down for a chat with Ruby, but Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter are able to attack them before they can get to the ring. So uh, Ruby's sort of just watching from the ring. Ruby Soho is stuck in the middle of this sort of tug of war between the sort of um, the people coming into the company and the people who've been with the company. And it sets up the match that we got tonight against uh, in the main event, Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho versus 
um, Britt Baker. So uh, it was a nice setup to this match. And again, we're just seeing Ruby sort of stuck in the middle here. So it's continuing in this the story. middle with you. Stuck in the middle with Rube. So, oh, oh boy. I'm listen, it's making her a, a player again, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's uh, it's totally fine. And we'll talk about that match in a, in a few mm-hmm. minutes here. Uh, Mark Briscoe is interviewed, um, and he says uh, that he's going to wrestle on Dynamite, but he gets cut off mid promo by Mark Sterling, who uh, offers him his card. But uh, Mark basically refuses uh, his services. And then Sterling ins- insults him for being a stupid chicken farmer who doesn't want to make any money. So Briscoe puts his hands on Mark, but that makes Josh Woods, who's the goods, get in his face. And um, they had a match set up for tonight. So we will talk about that match on Dynamite when we get into Dynamite. But that was a, you know, that was a nice sort of setup just to get to this match. And we know that there's a little bit of Ring of Honor history between uh, Woods and uh, and uh, Mark Briscoe. So uh, it was nice to have it set up this way. Also, uh, Mark Briscoe is very funny in this interview. <laughs> Very funny. I'm go- so there's a couple things. Yeah. That I'm gonna speak about it again later, but I'll just since the interview is actually more relevant than anything. I like that they're not making his thing be Jay. You know, that's yep. That would be disrespectful to me to be like, hey, you can be here, but only if you if you hammer home the, the series. And I like that they're letting him be the the Mark Briscoe that he is and can be. And he can obviously he's going to work Jay into things, but on his terms, and it's not his character. Also, I would expect, and we'll say this in news, and we'll say this in the match, but probably expect some more Ring of Honor heavy, not heavy, but expect a couple things over the next couple of weeks that are definitely Ring of Honor leading. Since now we sure. have some set dates, they're going to want to hype that up. Sure. And that's also where his history is too, right? I mean, so it just sort of makes sense to have matches with guys that are a little more ring of honor centric. Uh, and then eventually they'll, they'll move him into something else. Maybe that's more AEW focused, you know, they, they might. And truthfully though, I'd be okay. Like it's weird. Do you move him into AEW? You're going to have to take the tag title off him unless they can think of a tag opponent that he tag partner that he approves of that fits in all, but you're going to, otherwise you're going to take the title off of him. Do you move him into AEW after like an initial ROA ROH match and all just to be like, listen, man, we'll get you away from all that. We'll, we'll make you, so you're not trying to live up to, to that over there. Well, or do you let him, do you have him exist in ROH and like primarily and be one of their guys? Like, because clearly the, the Briscoes were going to be the team in ROH. Like that was going to be set up that they yeah. were going to be. Um, now they're not obviously for sad, very sad reasons, but do you have him still continue on then as like the guy there? Not maybe the guy, but one of, or do you move him to AEW just to get him away from and everything? And there's no right answer. It's just, a, it, I, there has to be thought in someone's brain. Like, sure. what do we do? Yeah. You know, we all sort of, sat and talked about it when Jay died. It's like, you know, where do you, where do you go with those tag titles from here? Because they were clearly set up to go on a run with ring of honor and sort of, you know, legitimize things essentially. Right. I mean, 13 time ring of honor champions, you're 
going to hold the belts at the pay-per-view when they get to TV, all that kind of stuff. And now that's sort of out the window. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Mark. I agree with you. It's not, it's not all about Jay. He pulls Jay into some stuff, you know, like we'll talk about the match tonight. You know, they, they mentioned Jay and the Briscoes and he's wearing a Jay shirt. Like that's, that's fine, but they're not beating you over the head with it in interviews where all they're asking about is his brother and how he's doing and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like there it's about wrestling and I'm sure that's what he wants it to be about. Yeah. That's, I mean, listen, if he went to Tony Khan and said, I want it to be all about Jay, then it should be all about Jay because that's, you know, that's on him. But I don't think that's what he probably wants. I I think that'd be disrespectful to him, disrespectful to Jay. Let him incorporate the, the sections he wants while at the same time, you just muted yourself, I think, Ryan. Wow, that was a very light touch. <laughs> okay. I scratched my nose, bring my hand down, somehow touched it. But just let him incorporate the little parts he wants while letting yeah. him Mark Briscoe. Because Mark Briscoe is, and I say, like, intentionally, like, obviously it's a character. So we're going to say, Mark Briscoe is a psychopath, and it's hilarious. I tell this story. I've told, I told this story when Jay died. We were at one of the Ring of Honor final battles at the Hammerstein in New York City. And they were coming to the ring and somebody said something. And I don't, it might have been Mark. It could have been Jay. But they turned and he goes, I will stab you, motherfucker. So dead serious. Gina turned to me and was like, holy shit. And I was like, yeah, they're fucking really good at what they do. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, he's a psycho and um, yeah. they'll lean into that a little so bit. So funny. It, it, I mean, the whole thing where he hands him the card, he goes, no, thank you, my good sir. I will not require your services today. <laughs> like, it just so funny. And, and I, you're right. Using Woods and Smart Mark as like the first whatever just to get this mini match over. Perfect. Yeah, it was a good it was a good call. So we'll talk about that match in a few minutes here. Uh, Jungle Boy defeats Ryan Nemeth. Not really too much to say there, uh, except that Brian Cage walked out to stare down Jungle Boy. That set the match up for tonight. Um, uh, Ortiz cut a promo on Eddie Kingston, saying he realized uh, where he screwed up with Eddie, and he won't let him become a martyr for the House of Black, and ultimately he's going to have Eddie's back, but if they have to fight it out, they will. Uh, so we still don't really know what's going on with Eddie uh, and Ortiz. We're seeing this story sort of play out on Fridays. Um, it looks like maybe they're they're gave it. They didn't bring it up tonight. We'll see what happens on Friday. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Ortiz and Eddie, not really sure where they stand. Maybe at odds right now. And apparently I think it's also playing out on Twitter with Eddie because he's just been on something lately. It's been really funny. Oh, yeah, I've I saw some stuff about that. That's been good. Um, we did get, uh, the video package about the main event, Orange Cassidy and Lee Moriarty, but Hangman Adam Page is interviewed by Renee and he snaps at her for bringing up the fact that Mox beat him, uh, two out of three. Uh, and Page swears that this isn't the end of the feud and Kip Sabian interrupts and mocks him. So Page takes a swing and misses, and then he restrains himself and walks off. That set up the match that we got tonight. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But in the main event, Orange Cassidy does defeat Lee Moriarty to retain the uh, All-Atlantic Championship in, a, in what was a really good match. 
Um, one of my favorite parts was obviously Stokely Hathaway is at ringside. And because his arm was injured against hook, he was in a cast. Uh, and Danhausen, uh, as he was starting to sort of get involved, Danhausen comes over to put a halt to it. He curses him and goes to punch him in the crotch and, uh, Stokely blocks it with his cast and Danhausen is in agony, uh, from hitting that cast. That was just my favorite, one of my favorite points of that match. But Again, a uh, good match. Cassidy and Lee Moriarty can go. The big news, though, Ryan, is after the match, Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal hit the ring, uh, and they attacked Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy uh, with the Golden Globe Award, and that's when the best friends try to make the save, but they're taken out by the Golden Globe as well. And so Jeff Jarrett is about to go for El Cabong to OC, but the acclaimed come out and chase them off, and that sort of set the match up for tonight as well. Uh, so that's how the show ended. But Shlong, anything you want to add about Orange Cassidy and Lee Moriarty? No, I think I, it was a lot of fun. I mean, Lee Moriarty is great. Orange Cassidy is awesome. So about what you'd expect, they can deliver. And the shenanigans I'm okay with because, you know, wrestling is a, a, a whole lot of different things. So funny shenanigans are needed every once in a while to keep things different. Yep, for sure. Uh, and again, you know, we are sort of at a point where we're not sure what's going on with the uh, with the tag titles. I mean, they gave us a sort of clear picture of what's going to happen with the tag titles tonight. But, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, we'll see. The acclaimed uh, have have a lot of anger right now. So they came to make the save. They had trouble with these guys as well. So um, anyway, that was Rampage. And the, the other news for for people to note is that this Friday is Rampage. What are they calling it? Slam Dunk. I already forgot. Um, but they're doing it at 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific because of the All-Star Game uh, festivities going on for the NBA on TNT. So it'll be on early 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern. So uh, make sure you check out Rampage. 4 p.m. Actually. specific time. It's specifically at 4 p.m. on the West. That's right. 4 p.m. specific. Um, so, uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, and uh, it seems like it might be a fun show. We are going to talk about Dynamite. Um, and we are going to take a short break. And, Ryan, I don't have new commercials yet. So we're still going to play the old ones. But I can tell you this. Next week, Ryan, it's a pretty big show for us. It's episode 100. We've done it. It's our centennial uh, podcast. Uh, and then I don't know. Are you, are you jacking off over there? I'm one zero zero one zero. Oh, one, zero, all right. it looks like one, you're, zero, zero. Yeah, like whatever. you're, you're giving a free release over there. Um, so, uh, so next week we'll have the new commercial block, uh, for a bunch of the new shows that are on the shining wizards network. But for now, why don't you hear about some of the shows that might or might not continue to be part of the shining wizards network? Uh, and we'll be right back to, uh, talk about dynamite. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. 
To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air, day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb. And every week we bring you a fist full of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Rea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast, hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network, and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network, where three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? 
All right, we're back here on the Mark Order podcast. Uh, before we jump into Dynamite, just a couple things. Make sure you're following us on our socials at Mark Order Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the places, TikTok. Um, and uh, you could support us a couple different ways. If you'd like to uh, support us by getting some free stickers, head over to our social channels in the bio. There's a link tree and you could click the button um, to get some free stickers. Just give us your name, your email, your full mailing address in the country you live in, and we will send you out some stickers free of charge to anywhere in the world. We are uh, we are big in the United States, Canada, Spain. And Ireland, apparently. So hit us. The up ancestors. There. It's the ancestors, you know, must be, must be. And the other thing you could do if you'd like to support us and you want to spend some hard earned dollars on us, just head over to our pro wrestling tea store. We have that linked in our link tree. Uh, if you just want to go to pro wrestling tees, you can search Mark order podcast, or you can go to pro wrestling slash Mark order pod. And you can order one of our brand new shirts. We've got four designs. Two of them are front prints. One of them, or two of them are front and back print, double sided. So uh, if you'd like to uh, help us by uh, giving us some of your hard earned dollars, uh, we greatly appreciate it. We do make phone calls to say thank you, Ryan. I'm still behind because the weekend just didn't work out again. So I'm going to try to make some phone calls to a couple people that I own to weeks later. And Why if you I do, never said I'd do it. Well, I, you know, I'm doing it. It doesn't matter. I'm still doing it. There's no, there's no time limit on it. I'm still make the calls. And also if anybody didn't do it over the, during the Super Bowl, you messed up. They ran a flash sale at pro wrestling tees. Could have gotten a few bucks off a t-shirt. So, uh, we'll keep you guys posted anytime they do flash sales and stuff like that. So, uh, if you're thinking about getting a shirt and you want to wait for a sale, totally fine, but, uh, check it out. Uh, we appreciate everybody who helps support us. I, I suggest you buy, financially. buy multiple shirts, buy the one that fits you now, buy a smaller one in case you lose weight and buy a bigger one in case you gain weight. That's what I've done, Ryan. I've, I've done that lately. Remember the, the grand slam outfit. I bought that one size. I bought the next size smaller and one, two sizes smaller. Yeah, you know what? Even better Buy four outfits, the Boom. one that fits you now, a size smaller, two sizes smaller, and then one bigger, just in case you get hefty again. I like you know? it. I like it. That's how everyone should do it. Ryan, you've got your mind, right? That's all I know. I'm thinking. And so now that your mind's right, let's talk about dynamite. Um, so tonight they were in Laredo, Texas, uh, and we kicked off with, uh, our four on four tag match. It was daddy ass, Billy Gunn, orange Cassidy and the acclaimed versus Jay lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. And Shlong, this is probably a good time to, to let everybody know in case they didn't know, um, Jerry Jarrett uh, died on the 14th uh, at the age of 80. For those who really don't know about Jerry Jarrett, who is Jeff Jarrett's father, uh, he was born in Nashville and um, his mother started working for the NWA Mid-America Territory that covered Tennessee, Kentucky, and Alabama. And as she started to get more involved, uh, Jerry got involved. And by the time he was 14, he was promoting shows. He worked as a referee and a wrestler in the 60s and 70s, held several regional NWA tag belts throughout his career. 
um, and never strayed far from the office. Uh, and in 77 broke away from the NWA to found the continental wrestling association in Memphis. And that's where he and Jerry Lawler rose to fame, selling out, uh, the mid South Coliseum every week and airing a popular Saturday morning television show. Um, uh, during the CWA's heyday, uh, they had a lot of established acts pass through and Jarrett and Lawler helped acts like Hogan and Steve Austin rise to prominence. They were successful. So successful in NWA mid America folded in 1981, ceding that territory to Jarrett, the King and CWA. And then with the WWF expanding nationwide, Jarrett teamed up with world class championship wrestling out of Texas to form the USWA, that's United States Wrestling Association, in 1989, uh, which he wanted to take national himself, but WCCW pulled out of the partnership and USWA was forced to enter into a talent exchange with the WWF. So by 1995, with Memphis wrestling in the rear view, Jarrett sold his stake in the promotion to Lawler and another partner. And after spending the Monday Night War era in as a uh, WCW consultant, Jarrett got back to running his own promotion. That's when he and uh, Jeff Jarrett uh, launched TNA in 2002. They sold a controlling partnership uh, or a controlling share to Panda Energy owned by Dixie Carter's family. And uh, Jerry left the company in 2005. That's pretty much when he left wrestling. And he focused on construction and television distribution businesses at that point. So... He did have, um, he did, um, you know, have, uh, you know, some influence on the business overall schlong for those who maybe don't, uh, you know, sort of know much about Jerry. He was heavily involved in the territories and, you know, TNA and W, you know, WF with some talent exchanges and stuff like that. Um, so, um, it is a passing of note. And I wasn't actually sure if Jeff was going to wrestle tonight, but uh, Tony Khan did say on uh, Busted Open that Jeff wanted to wrestle tonight and push forward. So uh, I think there's also a poem out there that Jeff Jarrett put out there. I don't know. Uh, With a Whittier poem? I don't know. But just an FYI for those who don't know, uh, Jerry Jarrett passed away yesterday. Um, so, uh, back to the action tonight, Schlong, um, again, didn't really see this match as I was, uh, mopping up Vom, but Billy Gunn, Orange Cassidy, and the acclaimed won by pinfall with scissor me timbers from the acclaimed on Sanjay Dutt post-match. There's a big group scissor that happened. Uh, so Schlong, why don't you tell me what you thought of this match? Cause I should really figure out if I have to go back and watch this. Well, let me ask you a question Ant, before we begin. Sure. How serious, how many shenanigans do you think were in this match? Oh, none whatsoever. You'd be wrong, sir. Oh, no. It was just full of shenanigans. Um, but again, I love shenanigans. You know, that's, okay. that's a place with all the shit on the wall. And uh, I highly enjoyed it. But that's your mileage will vary depending on how much you like shenanigans. Uh, Sanjay Dutt had on a dress shirt and tie with wrestling tights tucked in. It was amazing. Awesome. Uh, you know, Orange Cassidy was there doing Orange Cassidy things. There was a moment where I actually really laughed at this. So they had Sanjay in position 
it was it, it was the finisher of the match. They had Sanjay in position for the scissor, you know, where Caster holds the guy's legs apart so Bowens can come and leg drop him. So first it was going to be Billy, and Billy got knocked over the rope. And then Orange comes in and knocks out Jarrett. And so Orange goes there, and he's like, he's going to do it. And then he goes up and does his kicks to, to Sanjay's ass. It's just the stupidest thing I've oh ever seen. Of these, like, And then he goes up like he's going to do it, and he gets knocked down. So eventually Bowens does it, and that's how they win. But I just had to laugh because that image in my head of like the lightest kicks in the ass. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Caster in his rap. And I'm assuming he 100% cleared this with uh, Jarrett. Did mention Jarrett's dad. Mm-hmm. Said, I'm like, sad, like, your dad is a legend, but you're a douchebag or something like that. Um, so that was kind of funny. Because, again, I think he cleared it. Uh, and as we're talking, Paul Paul Rudd is now aware of Orange Cassidy, which is hilarious since oh, one is nice. based. Okay. Since Orange Cassidy based his character on Paul Rudd's wet hot American. Uh, summer character yep. but it's it's I'm trying to think there's a like i will say this i'm really starting to believe sodenham can't wrestle and that's fine and i'm what makes you say that i'm only asking because i didn't see it and we haven't seen a whole lot of satinum so it doesn't shock me that's why they protect the hell out of him in these matches like he does nothing, and and it's beyond the point of like keeping him as a special attraction. Nothing like just doesn't. They 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 try to avoid doing as much with him as possible, which is not a good sign based on how long he's been training. Hmm. That he he's and and listen, I don't know how a guy that big can wrestle fully. You know that's always the the catch twenty two with a lot of these guys. You know he is. About as big of a man height wise as I've ever seen in my life, uh, but I'm I'm starting to think that's the case. And Schlong, trust me, if you ever if we ever go to like Atlantic City and you you know you, we stay over again and he's there and you actually stand next to him, he's oh, I stood bigger. next to him. Oh yeah, that's right, you did. He was on the cruise. He was in the <laughs> elevator right. with me. Yeah, I've done something. I've massive. never seen a man. I, you know, I have never met. Paul White in person. So I can't compare like how those two are together, but I've met some big dudes in my life. I don't think I've ever met a guy who's made me feel smaller. Like he is. What's incredible schlong to me is that he's one of the few guys that you see on television. And when you, when you're in the same area as him or get to be next to him, like you were in the elevator and I was in a shop and he walked in. Um, He's one of the few guys that you say he's bigger than I thought he was <laughs> like in person. He's bigger. And also he's one of the few wrestlers I can think of. You mentioned Paul White. Like you always say like, wow, Paul White's big. But then somebody stands next to him. And you're like, he's not that he's big, but he's not like huge. Satnam is one of the few guys where everybody stands next to him. Like Jesus Christ, he's big. He's, he's also fortunately built which is is very odd. You see I've seen you seen in basketball players a lot where guys 7 foot 2 like perfect anyone who's an old school Sixers fan so not many probably listening. Sean Bradley is a perfect Manu, example of Manu Bowl was Manu Bowl's a great example. 
they're lanky as a motherfucker. Like they're yeah. it just they look out of proportion. Satnam looks perfectly in proportion. He literally looks like you just took a six foot man and made him seven foot two, like and kept everything the same ratio. It's yeah. insane, and it makes him look that much bigger. So I can't imagine how difficult it is for him to wrestle. That being said, I don't think he can. <laughs> I also wonder if they've like if he's been training with people like uh like Paul White or some of the other bigger wrestlers who maybe can you know give him tips on like you know you're you're bigger than the average guy like here are things you could do to sort of help yourself out um i mean i guarantee they have you have to like you have you have Paul White you have Mark Henry there different heights but like Mark Henry was so big like guys who could teach you how to be a power wrestler without it he trained under Sotnam is trained under like QT who's trained some really good wrestlers. Yeah. Like and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are just saving him for whatever and they don't have anything to do with him yet. So they don't want to expose him too much until they're ready. But I just, it does not when he's in a match is really obvious. They're trying to get him out of the ring as quickly as possible. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been in a position where he's wrestled anybody one-on-one. So, that has to tell you something, right? And I mean, it's really like the other thing too, I think, and we've all sort of said it, it's like, he's so big. Like, what do you do? What do you do with him? Well, he that that does also come into play that AEW overall is a smaller company. All right. their, like, like their big guy, one of their quote unquote big guys is Wardlow. I've seen Wardlow in person. Muscles are massive. Height wise, not a big guy. Right. You like, I, I hate to say it. I, I walk by him like I didn't recognize him at first because he had an, a loose shirt on, and you're like, I could walk by you and never think you're a pro wrestler. He's about six two or whatever, or whatever his height is. So you put Sotnam in that ring against most of the AEW guys, and he's just so much bigger. It's almost like how does he ever? It becomes a conundrum of how does he lose. Like he's too, almost too big to lose. Right. Right. Yeah. The, at least the good, th- well, again, I didn't see this tonight, but at least one of the things that I say is good is he looks like at least he can move around. And I don't mean like move, like run, so, but like he can move around normally. Like remember uh, the great Collie, like at a certain point, couldn't like bend his knees. Like he yeah, was walking apparently, like, like yeah, apparently Kali used to, and then his knees got all busted up, and he couldn't. He not Sotnam can move. He looks still like a basketball player. Like he moves like a basketball player, which I do think comes into pl- his being proportionate. I think that plays like his body's meant to hold the weight it has and the size. But I just haven't seen him put to get back to back wrestlers. However, the fact that he can move at least does provide me with some hope that. If you put him in an interesting enough story, he could probably string enough together where you can make it work. He will never, I doubt he'll ever be, well, I don't think a giant, a 7-2 giant should ever give you, you know, like a 20-minute match anyway. I don't think that's who they are. Right. But he could probably put together some interesting stuff. But as of right now, um, he's just not there yet. And Asian Joe's a good point. Big Bill is a little closer in height to Satinum. Big Bill, when he's around, he's not around that often. Though I have a feeling they would keep those too far apart anyway, because it does Satinum no favors to have Big Bill showing them up right now. Right. Yeah. Big Bill can go. 
Yeah. Um, but all right. So a fun match, a lot of gimmicky type stuff. But, you know, uh, if you're into that, it seems like a good uh, a good time. Um, there was a Brian Danielson promo uh, talking about how MJF can't last the hour the way he can. And um, the champ is contractually obligated to appear in Laredo tonight. So we will hear from MJF later. Um, and then we get Roosh and Preston Vance jumping Claudio Castagnoli and Moxley in the crowd as they make their way to the ring for their match and they go to break. So Schlong, we do get set up for the Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio and John Moxley, um, to face off against La Facion Ingornable. Um, that's Preston Vance or Pero Peligroso. Uh, and Roosh in a tornado tag match. So it's pretty much just anything goes. Um, I came into this like halfway schlong. I was still, you know, cleaning up. Um, but at the end of this match, we do see the Blackpool Combat Club win by submission with a chain assisted cross arm bar, uh, or I'm sorry, the Juji Katami, um, from Moxley on Preston Vance. Um, and during the match we had seen, they cut to uh, Hangman Adam Page sort of watching what was happening on a monitor. And after the match, they cut backstage and Butcher Blade and Kip Sabian attack Hangman uh, and leave him lay- lying there. And the Dark Order run in to sort of make the save. And let's not forget that Kip and Hangman have a match later in the night. So who knows what state Hangman will be in. Um, but Schlong... Um, I saw there was uh, plenty of blood during this match. Um, chairs, you know, the chain. Uh, Vance looked like he got a really good uh, cut opened up on him. Uh, not a shock to see Moxley open up like tissue paper at this point. Um, but what did you think of the match? Because I didn't really see the whole thing. So what did you think? So first of all, I think Mox is just bleeding at this point just to fuck with people. He sees the <laughs> he sees people get annoyed at the blood in AW. He's like, fuck you, I'm going to... Uh... I'm going to to bleed and yeah he's going to open up like tissue paper just because he keeps doing it but also i think part of him does it on purpose just to say fuck you uh it was a good match overall it had a couple awkward moments here and there as sometimes these brawls do where like they're trying some things and they just don't work but it, it was it was necessarily violent which i were i liked i've been highly enjoying this 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 team of uh lfi uh it's amazing how much Roosh has just stepped into the role that was meant for Andrade and just thrived on it. Uh, he has taken everything given to him and really worked it. He fits the aggressive role real well too. So that worked. And it, even though they lost Roosh and um, Preston Vance, and I will still call him Preston Vance looked really good. They, they came out looking strong because they pushed till the end. And actually so did um Claudio. Because Claudio had to save Mox a couple times in this match, and I thought that made Claudio look really fucking strong. Like typically, you would think Mox is coming in to save Claudio, and in this one, it was the other way around. And I really liked right. that. I really liked that Claudio was the guy to be like, "No, no, 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 I'm the hero." And then, of course, uh, Yuta coming down to beat up uh, the assistant. Which was funny. Oh, that's right. I forgot that happened. Yes, I did see that. Um, so, so it was a yeah. good match. I mean, it was it's a typical what you'd expect from a brawl. Okay, so we'll I'll give that a, a look. I got to see how that started because I didn't really see the whole thing. But um, 
you know, Mox bleeding, Vance going, uh, Roosh from what I saw of him in that match definitely looked like Roosh. So, um, so good stuff there. Shalong, we go next to our Jim Ross sit down interview with Wardlow. And Jim Ross asked, uh, Wardlow, what's next? And Wardlow says that he and Samojo have lots of stories, but he wants to talk about his dad and the way, you know, as a small child, he built a strong relationship with him. But his dad left and came back later in his life um, when he had uh, stage four cancer. And then they met when he was in hospice and Wardlow was just starting wrestling and his dad was able to make it to his first show. The only thing he could tell him to give him any peace was that he'd be a better man and he'd do right. And the next morning he got the call. His father passed and uh, Wardlow had never grown his hair uh, or his beard out, but seeing that get taken from his dad and his dad had it, he decided uh, to grow it out. So when Joe cut his hair, he took Wardlow's connection with his father from him. So he tells Samoa Joe to look in his eyes because he's never going to be the same man again and he will not survive him. So Schlong, a little little stretch here. I mean, I see what they're doing with the story. Uh, for me, it's a little much of a stretch. But all I know is that we're just trying to get to the TNT Championship rematch one-on-one, Wardlow and Samoa Joe at Revolution, and I will take that. What, however we have to get there, whyever he's angry that uh, his ponytail got cut off. I like this. Really? Shocking, I know. I like that they gave a reason for cutting the hair. That made sense. I mean, I like get it, it. it. It came out of nowhere. You're like, why did he cut his hair? And it'd be like, Oh yeah, I told him that I grew it out long because and he showed pictures of his dad. And he's like, My dad had really long hair and then didn't because of cancer. And you're like, oh shit, like that's personal. And then to do it makes Samoa Joe seem like such an asshole. And I love it. I, I'm all in. I thought this was a great personal reason to cut some hair. I see it. I totally see it. It just uh you're right. For me, I think the reason it was a stretch was it came out of nowhere. I'm like, that's it, really? Like it just it out did. of you know. but they needed to justify why cutting the hair was anything. I get it. I get so. it. So I don't know. Sorry. <clears throat> I felt something coming on. So that's why I had to take a drink there. Um, either way, Schlong, the big news of that whole thing is um, Wardlow's getting his rematch at uh, Revolution for the TNT title. Perfect. Uh, we move into our next match Josh Woods versus Mark Briscoe. Uh, so this got set up on Friday night. Um, so Davari and Nice are ringside uh, with Mark Sterling uh, for Josh Woods. Uh, Mark Briscoe's by himself. At one point, uh, Nice and Davari pull Briscoe out of the ring, but the Ru- Lucha brothers come in to make the save and back them off uh, up the ramp. Um, it was interesting because... Um, AEW did put out a graphic saying the Lucha Brothers were going to be in action tonight. That was the action, apparently. I guess their visas were finally cleared, and that was the action. But good to see that they're back, because I had heard there were a ton of visa issues going on with wrestlers uh, all over from Mexico. So um, so they were able to make the save, and then it's obviously evened up. Uh, cutting to the end of the match, Briscoe is able to win by pinfall with the froggy bow. 
again, as we sort of mentioned uh, before, you know, Mark is doing his own thing, but he did have a, a J shirt on uh, tonight. Uh, I think it even said Jamin Pugh on the back. Um, and then after the match, you know, uh, in the camera, he was uh, talking to Jamin and saying, doing it for you and all that kind of stuff. Um, but listen, this match I thought was pretty excellent. And it just makes me say, I mean, I love I love seeing Mark Briscoe on TV. I really liked seeing Josh Woods on TV. But the one thing it it made me say was, why don't we see more Josh Woods? Right. Like Josh Woods is very good in the ring. He was a pure champion for Ring of Honor. So, you know, he can wrestle. Um, yeah, it just made me step back and be like, we should probably see some more Josh Woods. I would. I so would you're like saying that. that Woods is the goods. Oh, Woods is the goods. I know that. Um. So I'm with you. I, I I think more Woods would be a better thing. I think he's awesome and he's really improving himself. That not that he has to, but he he is even then. Uh, the match was a lot of fun. I it kind of makes sense that the Lucha Brothers would come out being like everyone's on Mark's side. So if you're gonna be an asshole to him, you gotta answer to us. That kind of works, and it sets up a mini feud for them, which I'm all for. Sure. Uh, no idea what's going on with the Dressbusters at this point because they still exist. But Davari's walked away from it, so I'm so confused. And Parker Bordeaux is now part of the Mogul Affiliates. But yeah, the whole thing is confusing. But we'll we'll make it work someday. Um, but no, I really enjoyed this match in the way it way it went down. Mark Mark's a lot of fun, and Woods is the goods. Woods is the goods. They both looked really good in this match, um, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, Renee Piquette has a sit down interview with Adam Cole. He says he feels great. He loves being back on the road with AEW and part of him is discouraged that he's so close to the ring, but not quite there yet. And he's learned to celebrate little things like the way he can look to the right without his eye twitching or not having to pull over in the car because he's nauseous and thinks he's going to throw up. But he does say he feels like there are a lot of chapters to his story. He hasn't been able to explore yet. And he thinks that the roster top to bottom has never been better. And he knows when he does come back, he has to be as prepared as possible. He doesn't want to name any names, but it's going to be good for AEW and good for Adam Cole when he does come back. And then we go to break. So again, we're just talking to Adam Cole, getting him on television. He says he feels good. Um, Schlong, my guess is that he returns at Revolution. Um, for against who? I have no idea, but I'm just glad that everything we've been hearing from Adam Cole has been good. And, um, you know, like we talked about last week with a bunch of the tests he's had to pass, it seems like he's doing really well. Yeah. I think he's uh, cleared. Sure. Um, he, they're just buying time to, to set up the match. But the only thing I'm going to laugh at is. What did I say here? We had two sit-down interviews tonight, and that's making me laugh for some reason. I can't explain why, but it's just like, couldn't you have done one of these in, in front of the crowd? <laughs> like, he would have got a hell of a pop standing out there, but that's a very minor nitpick. He's a very handsome individual. I will say that. Um, I said the same thing, Schlong. I don't remember if I said it to Mrs. Money last week or this week, but something came on with Adam Cole, and I said... His eyes are beautiful. 
he's just a very handsome man, and I can't. I'm so glad. Uh, that it's hap like that he's back because he is incredible at what he does, and he's a, such a good professional wrestler. But I just laugh because it's like if you had put him out in front of the Wardlow thing, should have been a sit down because it was, uh, you know, a, an intimate story and all. I think Adam Cole should have been in front of the crowd. Then again, maybe they didn't want him to fly. That was probably filmed whenever. It could also, honestly, Shalong, I was thinking about it too. It could be that maybe they just, they had so much live in front of the crowd. Maybe they didn't want to pop the crowd super hard for him live and then have to get the next reaction that we got. That's true. Because we moved next into MJF making his way to the ring. They went to commercial and some of the funny stuff, Shlong, is if you were watching the picture in picture, he was like interacting with people around the ring and stuff. And he was just, you know, they're talking shit and he's sort of like, you know, brushing them off and stuff like that. It was it was very fun. Oh. There's a member in our chat. We're talking about a, a certain Caden who's in our chat, who was interacted with by a Mr. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And hold on if I can get this to work. I don't know what you're trying to do. You'll see. That is Maxwell Jacob Friedman's gum. Gross. He spitted at him. I spit it at him. I I said let it hit the ground. Well, then you wouldn't have the story. Gross. Um, That's really funny. Caden got his gum thrown. Caden had gum thrown at him. At least it didn't go in his hair. Oh, Caden has hair too. That would have been a disaster. Well, MJF does eventually, uh, when they get back to TV, get on the mic and he says, Danielson has no idea how much these fans loving him pisses him off. And not too long ago that all these schmucks used to be devil worshipers. But he knows these people are disgusting, fickle monsters. So he turned his back on them before they could turn on him. But uh, let's be honest about who he is. He's the devil. These people don't love Danielson. They love who he is when he walks through the aisle uh, or walks down the aisle. Excuse me. He's a worthless sack of trash who's been given everything he has. But that's not all of why he hates the dragon. He hates Danielson because he has these people convinced he's better than MJF. And we probably think Brian is the best in the world too. Is it because he entertains us the best or does the coolest maneuvers or holds? Is it because he puts on five-star bangers? Little secret. That's not why you get in the business. You get in the business for one reason to become the world champion. Last MJF check, the only way you know you're the best in the world is if you're the man holding the championship, something Danielson has never done in AEW. And he's not an idiot at March, uh, at Revolution on March 5th. Brian's going to give him everything he has. He's going to use every trick he's picked up in Mexico, the UK, and Canada. But after those 60 minutes are up, Max is going to be victorious. Max tells us if we won't take his word for it, maybe we'll listen to a man Danielson looks to as a mentor, and that's when he calls down the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. And MJF hams in the mic and asks him to tell the truth about Danielson inside the circle, the squared circle, excuse me. Uh, And Chris begins, full disclosure, that MJF paid him an obscene amount of money to denigrate Danielson on national television. 
There was a time when he would have happily taken the money and buried Danielson for hours on television, but that's not the man he is today, and the truth is Danielson is set to knock Friedman's dick in the dirt. He remembers the first time he was in the ring with 20-year-old Danielson. He got hit so hard he thought he was going to die, and that's when he knew Dragon was going to be great. He watched Brian win King of the Indies in APW in, APW in 2001, which led or was inspired the creation of Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor brought real pro wrestling to the fan base that was starved for it at the time, the same kind of fans that were ecstatic when AEW opened up four years ago. So if there wasn't a Ring of Honor, there might not be an AEW. There definitely wouldn't be an MJF. And the Dragon always tries to learn a new thing every match, and Daniels has watched him grow into a uh, a world champion, and he's confident that he's going to win the AEW championship. He says Danielson is exactly what Max wishes he could be, the best wrestler in the world today. MJF is just a fraud, and that's when MJF swats the mic out of his hand and screams in his face that he's the best in the world, but Daniels disagrees, tries to leave. Max pulls him back in, um, and that's when Max gets slapped. And Daniel tells him not to disrespect him again. So MJF, of course, kicks him in the groin and puts the salt of the earth on him. That's when Danielson runs down to make the save and MJF runs off the heel that he is. So, Shlong, we do know that MJF is better than you and I. Um, I love this. I'm continuing to pay people angle. Um and I thought it would have been great. The one thing I thought it would have been great if Daniels took the money and tucked it in the belt. Like that just would have been a great touch. Like here's your money, put it in his belt. Uh, but that's a nitpick. I, I didn't mind this promo. Um, it's just leading into this, this match at revolution. And it seems like the crowd is fully fucking into it, which is great. Cause this is a 60 minute Iron Man match. So you got to be into it. So a couple things. One, I am highly enjoying watching the video over and over again of MJF throwing gum at Caden. It's quite entertaining. Um, so for anyone following us, I'm retweeting it because it's just really fucking funny. Second of all, AEW likes dick in the dirt. They Love really it. like dick in the dirt. But yeah, th- this was a great use of Christopher Daniels to come out and be like, hey, this is why Danielson is so awesome. It's a great use of MJF basically being like, I'm just going to pay anyone. Like you said, I, I'm with you, but the paying people angle is so fucking funny to me. I don't know why. I just love it. Like, makes him such a dick. And yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, there seems to be like... It's so odd that they seem to be like... They've presented themselves. Let me put it this way. They have presented themselves as total opposites, which is really weird because I don't think, and actually, at the end, they are. But you know, you have MJF, who's your world champ, who doesn't want to wrestle, who's trying to avoid being, you know, all he wants to do is talk and sit back. And you, Danielson's whole thing about since he came in, which is wrestle as much as humanly possible and be awesome and not talk as much like he talks, but like he's all about the wrestling. So they've these two opposing forces meeting and it's re- and it's hitting, which is important. I don't, that could have gone really bad and, and it's hitting. Cause you're right. This is a 60 minute Ironman man match. If there's not uh, some emotion in this, we were fucked. Uh, so I'm, I'm all for it. 
I'm still a little nervous about 60 minutes. Yeah, I mean, listen, but if there's two guys you're going to put in this promotion in a 60-minute match, these are the guys, right? Like, MJF can wrestle. We know Danielson can wrestle. Um, It should be entertaining. And it was also, it's great because this crowd was lit up all night. Like, they were loud. You know, they were into everything that was going on, and they were especially into this promo. Um, So that's good. And it's helping the build and... You know, I'm all for this. Um, so we'll see what happens. We've still got a few weeks to build. So we'll see where they go with this next week. I'm sure MJF is going to continue to sort of weasel his way out of things by paying people uh, and uh, then, you know, having to beat them up. So I'll take it. Uh, Shlong, we get Brian Cage versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I'm sorry, Jungle Man Jack Perry. Uh, and, um, um, jungle man is clearly trying to find a way to a belt, right? He's wrestling singles matches. They pretty much put jungle hook to bed and commentary back that up. Uh, uh, and jungle boy winds up winning this match with a folding press, you know, sort of cutting to the end because the big stuff happened afterwards. As the jungle man is leaving Christian cages, music hits and he makes his entrance arm still in a sling. And Jack rushes at him, but Cage sprays him with mace. And then he takes the sling off and the elbow sleeve. So Christian is good to go. And he chokes Perry on the stage before hitting the kill switch. So I'm going to say this, Schlong. Mrs. Money, three for three on uh, boyfriend material on the show tonight. She got Claudio in the opener. She got a little taste of Tony Nice, little taste, but she'll take the crumb. She got him last night. And then she got uh, Zaddy Christian making his reemergence in his purple jacket and mock a turtle neck. So it, good in night. In my head, in my head, she wasn't watching for whatever reason at that moment. Like she went to get a drink or something. Nope. She and was then, fully invested. Couldn't even hear it. Like in my head, she couldn't even hear it. And she just knew. And she came running. Nope. She, she was sitting watching and like, oh, baby. I was like, all right. Good for him. He's listen. I'm glad Christian's back. He was having, he looked good when he was wrestling. Like he, he still could yeah. go. Um, I hope they don't have this feud for long. You know that had kind of played itself out, but you never really got their match because of the injury. Yeah. So give them their match, let it be, and then let Christian be a heel for someone else because I think they could use a nice mid level heel like him, doing some fun dickish things. And yeah, jungle, jungle, jungle person Jack Perry needs a needs a shot at some title soon because or a really good feud after Christian. And I don't know what it is, but it doesn't need to be decided yet. But let's wrap this one up in a good way. Let them have their match. Yeah, I mean, I'm convinced that at. Um, shit, the pay-per-view in Newark, I can't remember which one that was at this point, uh, whatever. Um, I'm convinced that that was probably supposed to be Christian, but because he was hurt, you know, they sort of resurfaced Luchasaurus. My guess is they're going to have some sort of blow off at uh, Revolution, and then we'll be past it, and we'll figure out what's uh, what's next. It was full gear, thank you, Caden. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think we're going to be past this pretty quickly, Schlong. And I think maybe this was why you break up Jungle Hook and make Jungle uh, Jungle Man sort of say like, "I'm going on a singles run. I need to get solo gold because they knew Christian was on his way back, right?" 
and uh, you figure we're going to close this out now. So we'll build it yeah. to revolution and then just end it. Yeah. So let, let them have their match. Jungle jungle has to win. And then Christian can go be his sexy older man self in another feud. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Shlong Renee Paquette is backstage uh, with news of the gun club's first title defense, a three way uh, match at the pay-per-view. The two challenging teams will be crowned by a battle Royal next week and a casino battle Royal to be held later on. But the acclaimed roll up upset that the ass boys cheated to beat them and say they don't back down from a fight. And it's going to be a four way because they're invoking their rematch clause. Something we don't see a lot of in uh, AEW, the re uh, invoking of a rematch clause. I didn't so they know say, existed. I mean, either. But they say, open the forbidden door. It doesn't matter. The acclaim will knock them all on their asses and take home what is rightfully theirs. Um. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, we know that, you know, they're saying this is the first title defense that the guns are going to have. So they're not. I guess going to be defending those titles before we get to the, to the pay-per-view. Um, maybe they'll get uh, a match somewhere in between just sort of like to get them back on TV and maybe advance the storyline a little bit, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who these other two teams will be. Um, I know that they announced, you know, in one of the graphics tonight, who some of the people will be in the battle Royal next week. I think I saw, um, I think I saw uh, the best friends were one of the teams uh, and a couple other noteworthy ones, too. I just, you know, didn't write them all down. So, um, you know, I I don't have a problem with it. A four way tag match at the pay-per-view should be fun. Uh, And uh, they generally do a good job with their tag matches and keeping you fully invested in them. So I, I don't have a problem with this question. Have these two teams been in, has FTR and Lucha Bros been announced for the matches yet? Or they, is he just speculating? I, again, I don't remember. Let me see if anybody, let me see if I could find it real quick. Um, blah, blah, blah. You because could, that's, uh, I mean, that's, the speculation is FTR, obviously, because they come in, they beat the ass boys for the belts. Acclaimed never actually, they claimed don't get their belts back, but you don't have them loose to FTR, you know. Uh, oh, okay, no, Caden's uh, speculating. He thinks they're the Jokers, which would make the most sense. Could be. The fuck, Although the there's... fucking pop they would get as those Jokers. Yeah, there's a there's some uh, FTR stuff out there in the ether that uh, came up this week. We could touch on it in news and notes. Yeah, I mean, there's so much weird shit going on. I could still see them giving them one last whatever. Sure. I don't know. I, it's tough because nothing's confirmed on that end, but that would be a fucking pop and a half to have them come out as the Jokers. I'm sh- trying to think if there's anyone else. Because typically when they do stuff like this, like to have a casino battle royal or, yeah, uh, yeah, casino battle royal, typically you have someone you want to... Uh, well, they did say open the forbidden door. You you do have someone you want to surprise people with. Like you could have just done a normal battle royal and had it be a three way. So to bring in four means I think you have a team you want to. Yeah, make. I mean it could be FTR. Uh, when you look at the Forbidden Door, it could be Aussie Open. They've shown us good stuff when they've been on AEW television. Um, I think the you asked about the Lucha Brothers. I think they were in the graphic uh, for the battle royal next week. 
Um, and if they're back, you know, then that would make total sense to get them involved in a match like that. So, um, but I don't know if they'd be in the, in the title defense. That would be a pretty hefty. I'm throwing out a team. It's absolutely not probably going to happen, but I'm throwing out random for random sake. Sure. Motor city machine guns. I mean, it's possible, you know, they the gun club versus the motor city machine guns. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That'd be good. It's a gunfight. Don't bring a knife. Um, so, um, back from commercial, we do get, uh, the elite cutting a promo. They're talking about NBA all-star weekend, making picks, uh, about who's going to win the game. And that's when AR Fox and top flight roll up asking for another match on Friday. Don Callis tells them that they lost. Everyone saw it. And the boys have other stuff going on. Dante Martin says they, um, they just like to play with balls and they don't have any of their own. Um, and that's when Kenny says, if they want to have fun on rampage, they've got it. Matt Jackson throws a basketball at Brandon Cutler's uh, at nuts. And he, you know, doubles over and that's the end of that segment. Um, so, yeah, um, I think that um, that match will rule. Uh, and there's really not much else to say. Gotta love the corporate synergy talking about uh, the NBA game, but yeah, Shlong, that match will rule and hopefully being on at 7 o'clock, more people will have their eyes on it before basketball. Probably why they're choosing to run it back. That you just said what I was going to say. Something makes me think they saw how amazing that first match was. They see they're on at 7 before the All-Star stuff. Maybe, just maybe, you, you throw in another awesome match um, to get people to see it and be like, holy shit, that's what this company's doing? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to put it on at a normal hour. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they're the, that's a match you wanted replayed for the sake of uh, getting. And Agent Joe calling out a point that I was going to bring up, but since he said it first... There was a House of Black flash during the promo. You know, I forgot about that because I did see something flash and I tried to rewind and uh, like, you know, play it in slow-mo, but I must have missed it Um, or I didn't go back far enough. And I was like, well, I know they're going into the Adam Page match and I didn't want to miss it. Um, So that was an intentional flash, right? Oh, yeah, it was clearly House of Black. Okay, so perfect. that fucking rules. Now, House of Black could show up after the match. I mean, listen, the match already happened. Spoilers are out there. You could find them. We're not about... I'll say this. Most of us are not about spoiling things here, so we're not going to spoil it for you. Uh, I will overrule Ryan. No, no, no. no. Try I, I, I have strict rules on spoilers. I do not spoil for anyone else. I like to be spoiled. There's a big difference there. I respect the desire to not be. I would never ruin it. I don't think, and this isn't a spoiler. Clearly, we've been doing this podcast, so I don't know. I don't think they probably show up after Rampage just because that seems like it's something you would save on Dynamite. But I'm just excited for them to like, okay, it is the feud we thought they were building to. Like, that's going to be fucking awesome. It it needs to be. It certainly needs to be. I think that again, in my opinion, that's where they were going to go had they not had brawl out. Like it just seemed yeah. like that's where it was leading. So 
I'm ready for it. But, you know, I'm looking forward to this match on Friday night. The first one was so good. This one will be awesome. Uh, All right. Moving on from this, we get Hangman Adam Page versus Kip Sabian. Adam Page wins by pinfall with the buckshot lariat. Kip Sabian looked good during this match. Um, But really, the important things come after the match. Blackpool Combat Club, minus Danielson, of course, come to the ring. And Moxley says he knows Hangman thinks they have unfinished business, but he got his ass pinned last time. And he has some respect for Page, but no fear. And he's got his number, and there's no chance he will ever, ever beat Mox again, so please let it go. And Page says he's not happy with their last match's result. He doesn't think Moxley is either. John had hoped he'd have... uh, John says he had hoped he'd have some friends to talk uh, him into a smarter decision, but the emo cowboy doesn't have any friends. No, well, that's when the Dark Order enters. And Uno points out that they've had Pages back the last two years, and he's, you know, Hangman's trying to get him to stop, but Uno swats him away, and he tells him to leave. Uh, when he t- when uh, Page tells him to leave. So Uno's had enough. And they've heard John Moxley talk about Eve, uh, talk and talk, and Evil Uno's not afraid of him. And uh, that's when Uno sort of pie faces Mox, you know, shoves him in the face. And they go for forehead to forehead. Hangman tells his friend uh, to back up. And Moxley grabs the mic and challenges Hangman to a Texas death match at Revolution, looking right past Evil Uno. And they did mention that. Uno will have a match against Moxley next week. So Schlong, they're starting to really fill up the they're filling up this card for Revolution. We're now we now have a Texas death match, Hangman Adam Page and Moxley. This should be the blow off. So a couple things. We can't just gloss over that I think Kip Sabian had an excellent match against Hangman. Absolutely. And Kip in the cowboy hat and bringing it up again. Just mm-hmm. saying, hit the mm-hmm. spot for me. Kip's amazing. Quick question: Is so that gimmick quick. infringement because you had a small cowboy hat and also looked very good in it? No, because he's Kip. He can get away with what he wants. To All, right. All right. He likes Philly teams. I give him. I give him the go. Um. Then the the mocks up saying, you know, I have no fear for you of you. That was great. Like a, such a dick of a line to be like, yeah, I, don't, I respect you. I have n- I'm not afraid of you at all. I saw Kate in the chat and he was there at night, which is why saying that the Dark Order got no reaction, which kind of came across on TV. I will say there is a reason, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, but this is just my my guess. Because it's how I felt until they delivered the promo. The Dark I love the Dark Order. It's bigger, not just because we clearly have similar names. Some would say they stole ours, but love them for many reasons. I, I liked the comedic angle. I like the serious angle, I like everything they represent. I want them to be better than they are in terms of better presentation, but they haven't been presented well. So I think when they came out, people were like, Oh joy, what are they like? This is just gonna be bad. And then to have what they had happened, evil Uno nailed that fucking promo. Yeah, he did. Made it a thing. And it was the first time in a year. The, the Dark Order look serious. Like, look like, oh my god, this is the Dark Order we want. Well, no, because they, they look good in the trio tournament. But since then, this is the first time where you're like, holy shit, this is the Dark Order I want. So I am super excited 
for what this means for them. Even if it's getting them away from, I would, I don't want them away from Hangman, but even if it's getting them away from Hangman, like that is what I want because they deserve better. They need to, they need to capitalize. So you have Evil Uno come out and deliver this also promo. You know they're going to, like you know, whatever way they line this up that. Evil Uno is not beating Mox in a match, or they're not beating it. But I would have either Silver and Reynolds beat, you know, Cesaro, uh, Claudio, and Yuta in a match, or I'd have them win in a trios match. Give the Dark Order the win. Start the rebuild. So this is my only problem. My only problem is that there needs to be some sort of end game here with Hangman and the Dark Order because I sort I called I called it last week. Although I walked it back a little bit, I was like, I don't want to see a retread of a hangman thing. Like he doesn't have any friends and he's on his own and blah, blah, blah. They are retreading this where he's saying to them, I don't need you or I don't want you or go, you know, be quiet. So like, I think what has to happen here is the payoff needs to be, cause we saw that again tonight, right? Like he's telling them go, like, I don't, you know, go, I got it, whatever, blah. The payoff here in my mind has to be he pulls this again and they have to turn on him and be like, you know, we've been here for you. Fuck you. We're done. They have to push him out. That has to be the ultimate end. That's the split. And then Dark Order can go on and do their own thing. I think that's how you sort of get them onto their own thing is that they sort of realize like, man, we've been here for you. You don't want anything to do with us. Fuck off. And then they have their own confidence and they can do it on their own. I think that's ultimately, in my opinion, what needs to happen. But I think we need to sort of wrap this up some way because they're doing this again. And I just don't want to see them retreading these same stories. That's my only beef. It's my only beef. I thought the promo was delivered well by Uno. I love the pie face. I love the forehead to forehead. It was great seeing Johnny Hungy be like, Am I really going to go up and square up against uh, Cesaro? Because that looked funny. But um, yeah. Bald man, one short little bald man. That's right. That's right. So yeah, that's my only thing, Schlong. I think they need a definitive end to this Hangman Dark Order story. Correct. I will say the definitive end does not necessarily have to be a I like yours probably the better way of like having it be that way. But if you don't want to go that for whatever reason, you want to keep everyone face and having them split like that would in theory, not allow that you could have an acrimonious split where they're just like, listen, man, clearly just not for this. Go back. We love you, but you're not for this. And we have to be us. All of this should result in Stu returning. I mean, Stu coming back would be fucking great. Um, but we'll see. There needs to be a, an end. This needs to end. I think we're going to get there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Shlong, there is a Jericho appreciation society interview backstage. Jericho says Starks got lucky. He's not giving him another match because he's not at his level, but Garcia will give him another match because he's sick of him. Uh, he's sick of him saying, uh, it's his time and he's going to expose Starks as an absolute fraud. Um, my favorite part of this schlong, much like every JAS interview 
if you are not watching uh daddy magic uh during these promos even when he's not saying anything or the focal point you're really fucking up where you're wa- what you're watching because his expressions are insane the whole time um so um yeah i mean we're just building to the the hype on friday right and that should be a fun match garcia versus starks and then we'll see where we go from there yeah we do go to commercial and come back with the firm being interviewed backstage and stokely hathaway is injured claiming hook should be fired and he hopes that AEW management has good news for him by the end of the night uh ethan page and matt hardy ask why he wasn't at the party they threw him last night and they bicker but Tony interrupts, uh, Shivani interrupts to inform them Hook has been suspended pesting in pending investigation. Uh, and they were happy to hear that. So Schlong, Hook is uh, being investigated, uh, you know, uh, for this injury. I did love how Stokely said they've been meeting with um, different people. Um, and Jesse Jackson. That's Stoke right. Stoke was fucking amazing. And then doing the fist bump at the end with the cast. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. no, no. Like, oh, this this was perfect. Exactly what it needed to be. We're probably going to see something happen at Revolution with Hook, right? And that'll be that. So we'll see. Uh, Schlong, we're into the main event of the night, and I honestly did not know this was going to be the main event. Uh, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho versus Tony Storm. So the story here again is that Ruby Soho is just stuck in the middle of sort of these two sides of the aisle fighting over her. The imports from the WWE uh, who are who are trying to get Ruby to side with them and the AEW quote unquote originals uh, who say, you know, Ruby should side with them because she's really like about AEW, blah, blah, blah. So when the match starts, Ruby's just sort of there watching and she gets the opportunity to sort of get to both. And she's just trying to win this match. Um Basically, you know, cutting to the end here, um, Tony Storm uh, goes for a hip attack uh, in the corner on Britt Baker. um, And uh, before Britt Baker uh, can get pinned by Tony, Ruby throws Tony out of the ring into Soraya and is able to steal the pin. So Ruby Soho does win uh, by pinfall with a lateral press, thanks to the hip attack. And post-match, Soraya confronts Ruby. She gets screamed at for her trouble. Jamie Hayter comes into the ring and jaws at them both before going to check it on Britt Baker. Ruby doesn't make any definitive, you know, choice here tonight. I thought maybe we'd get something. Figured we wouldn't. And Ruby's just sort of like making a belt motion, like maybe she's going to be the next one for uh, Jamie Hayter. So Shlong, I mean, Ruby does make a case for a title shot. She did win a three-way match here against uh, top competitors in the women's division, maybe Ruby Soho fights Jamie Hayter at Revolution for the title. It's viable now. It is viable now. Now, I know some people are upset because they thought Ruby was going to make a choice, and she clearly, quote-unquote, didn't make a choice. Though I feel like she did. Her choice was Ruby. Yeah. You know, she, she's in on herself. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like this story. I know not everyone's bought in. I really enjoy it. Uh, Saray is not everyone's cup of tea in the ring, but I don't mind. I think she's enough of a character to get around that. 
So I, I really like this, and I like that Ruby is a centerpiece. She came in as a big signing. Not a lot was done with her. Um, there was like an initial push and then nothing. So this has been a nice resurgence for her because I think she can wrestle. I think she can talk. I think it's a great everything, and I had a lot of fun with this. I think the spray paint thing, it's an old try and true wrestling method, so keep going with it. And the, I've never seen someone spray paint their ass to do a hip attack, so that was weird. Um, but I left, and that was important to me. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with this story at all because it's a, it, it is a long story that they're telling, right? Um, and I think eventually they do big, a big sort of gang war blow off, like a women's blood and guts or something like that. Um, but I don't think we're getting it at the pay per view. I think we're just going to get a singles, you know, title match. Maybe you get, you know, something with Brit and uh, Soraya or not not Soraya, uh, with Britain, uh, Tony storm again, you know, who knows, but, um, I'm enjoying sort of watching the story play out, which is nice to say about the women's division. Cause we don't always feel that way. So, um, and also nice to see them in the main event tonight. 100%. They, they are presenting this as a big story and it feels like a big story. They just need to continue going forward and it won't always be for everyone, but that's with anything, at least at this point, if it's not for you, it's not because they're not giving the, the time. It's not because it's bad matches. It's just because it's just not for you. Cause I'm really enjoying it. I, I think this is great. Well, it'll be interesting to see where the story goes. They're building nicely to revolution after a lot of uh, announcements tonight. And, um, you know, there are still a few weeks to go. So we've got Rampage at 7 p.m. on Friday. That looks like it's going to be a good card. They taped it tonight. Um, so if you if you want to find spoilers, I'm sure they're going to be out there. But it is at 7 p.m. on Friday night, um, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific uh, for those who want to see the show. And Schlong, there was uh, there was a bit of news this week in AEW, so let's touch on some of those things before we wrap things up. Schlong, if you recall last week, travel back in time, MJF cut a promo uh, confirming that he was like the worst person ever uh, in the history of the world um, because uh, he had gotten into a car accident while driving his Camaro in high school uh, when his girlfriend was giving him a beige and that led to a lot of people uh, apparently contacting police um, because he essentially confessed to a felony live on television. Um, so um, there was apparently, uh, you know, news that um, people receive or police received over 300 phone calls following the MJF promo on Dynamite. Uh, the Nassau Police Department reported they were flooded with over 300 phone calls following the promo. Police released a statement saying they will be investigating the claims, but believe it was due to a fictional story on a television show. And they did. Uh, the Wrestling Observer Live's Brian Alvarez confirmed that there is truth to the claim that was made. He said, I don't know if it was actually over 300, but it's absolutely 100 percent that they got a bunch of phone calls. That's not a joke. A bunch of fans legitimately called the Nassau Police Department to report MJF. Mark Ramondi of uh, ESPN also said he had heard from several people who have said there's truth to the original story. So Schlong, people still believe in what they're seeing in wrestling. 
Uh, so my guess is that most of those calls were from a Max, a Maxwell, a Maximus, just trying to hype up the his own story. Could be, but it's still funny when uh, those things do happen. Uh, so long. Something else that broke is that AEW and ESPN agreed to international broadcasts. Um, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the story was that um, ESPN announced it secured exclusive broadcast rights to to top American professional wrestling promotion, All Elite Wrestling, bringing premium matches and entertainment to ESPN subscribers in Australia. New Zealand and the Pacific islands starting on February 16th. Uh, so, um, it is, uh, that's pretty big news long because it's ESPN. And I, I believe it was sort of announced that, um, that Disney said that ESPN was sort of going to be operating on its own. Uh, so pro wrestling back on ESPN, although not in the United States will be, uh, in the Australia, New Zealand, Pacific Island market. So that's uh, that's good. And who knows what that might hold for the future of AEW and ESPN here in America. People like wrestling, apparently. They do. They do. Um, we mentioned Paul, uh, Paul White. Uh, get the BS out um, uh, before. And apparently he is eyeing a return uh, to the ring in March. He did an interview with Metro UK uh, and he explained, you know, like why we shouldn't have to wait too long before we see him uh, wrestling in the ring again. Um, He said he'd experienced a couple of injury setbacks recently and he had one of his knees replaced uh, last August, but the road ahead looks clear. He said the knee was bad for 12 years, so I could have gone. It could have gone any day. It's like kind of like that tire on your car that you know you should change but keep driving anyway. But we're good now, and hopefully we'll be back in the ring in March. Everything's on schedule, so we're looking good. Um, so yeah, um, Paul White looking like uh, he's sort of working his way back. Now I know you know we don't want to see him like every day in the ring, and that's fine. But um, you know, good good to see that he is uh feeling well and making his way back yeah good for him knee replacement is nothing to uh to joke about that's a big Not that's a all. big deal he almost shouldn't wrestle because of it uh let's see um some news about tony khan um you know talking about wwe he appeared on the dan lebitard show um and sort of um talked about his vision of sort of the Monday Night War uh competing with the WWE. Uh he told uh Lebetard and his crew about two high profile business clashes he's had with the WWE over the past couple of years. Uh one was regarding uh flirting with uh New Japan uh and the other uh, were uh, after Triple H took control of the WWE creative last year that his team reached out to former WWE wrestlers that were currently under contract to AEW. Um, so um, he believes, Tony said he believes they're good for business. Um, again, 
uh, Tony said, again, I don't know if these things uh, have happened. I only know that uh, people have come to me and alleged. But I do know that it's a real war between AEW and WWE. And for the fans are, uh, for the, and the fans are interested in it. And that was part of the original business model of AEW was I knew wrestling fans, frankly, are interested in wrestling free agency and wrestling wars. And I believe we could create a free agent market that is, that is definitely a real thing now. And that would be a big part of the story. I think wrestling fans at the end of the day, appreciate that a lot. Uh, of what happens in the in wrestling shows is sometimes story, and that's why people like watching these shows. They like the stories and the exciting matches, and especially the combination of the two when the stories lead to exciting matches and vice versa. Now, what's interesting is that the story that is the most real, the most intense, and the most hatred uh, hatred in all of pro wrestling is that between the two wrestling is between the two wrestling promotions. I think we truly hate each other. And I think it makes for really exciting TV and it makes for an exciting wrestling war. Um, so yeah, so Tony Khan's all for a wrestling war and I would have to, uh, I would have to agree schlong. It does make things better for business overall for any promotion, right? When you give people, uh, a reason to get invested, whether it's for a war or free agency, not knowing where people are going to show up, you're going to be more interested in checking it all out, right? Like that's part of the deal. So, yes, you're right. You're 100% right on that. I just hate the term. Like, oh, this is a real wrestling work. Just, just, you're two companies that are competing. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's clearly like pumping it up, right? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, uh, you're right. Like, it is better for them to have competition and, uh, you know, have multiple companies offer out there trying to, you know, one up one another, but it's just the way it sounds just sounds so cheesy. I mean, of course, but that's, that's what it's known now, right? The Monday night wars, you know, they call them the Wednesday night wars when they were competing. I mean, you know, this is all for, for the fans of the Dan, Dan Lebetard show, right? Who are probably not like, super duper pro wrestling fans, but they're fans of like regular pro sports. Right. So you got to sort of pump it up and talk it up, but yeah. Schlong, uh, the first AEW house rules, non-televised live event. The house show is, uh, on March 18th in Dayton, Ohio, a suburb of, uh, Troy, Ohio. And recently, um, Jeff Jarrett spoke to the under the ring podcast about the plans that AEW has for their house shows. He said, it's going to be a crawl walk run process. I believe the strategic mindset is absorb as much information as we can, as quick as we can to truly make, you know, a uh, plan, but there's no perfect plan. We're going to have our ups and downs. We're going to have our hits and our misses, but coming out of the gate, there was a report online about how many shows WWE has reduced their non-televised uh, live events, and we haven't been in the market since the launch of AEW. So I think the timing's good. I think the day uh, that our television show airs live on Wednesdays kind of dovetails into Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I think we're going to start slow and start picking up the pace and kind of figure uh, figure out, eliminate the negative and accentuate the positive and keep progressing. 
but I could not be more excited because it's a real growth industry, uh, real growth opportunity. Um, that's what the business, the real essence of it is. I was born and raised here in Nashville and there's artists who come to town that move to town and literally spend their life savings to move here, write songs, try to be an artist, but their goal is to get out on the road and play their music. In the wrestling industry, obviously the TV is the utmost importance and our pay-per-view weekends, but at the end of the day, getting out, and yes, it's a getting out, and yes, it's a profit center. It's also a marketing initiative. Also, it is how you really hone your craft, but there's so much upside to it. For me, to be blessed to have a part of it, I'm pumped in so many ways. At this stage of my career, when I look back at it, um, what an opportunity that's in front of all of us. The Khan family launched AEW. It's up and running and widely successful. And now here come the live events right up my alley. Uh, so again, you know, he sees, um, he sees it as an upside. I mean, people are getting back out, uh, to live events. They don't hit all of these smaller markets. So it sort of makes sense. Um, you know, they have had some issues with ticket sales last year, but that was in part due to running the same markets repeatedly. Uh, so we'll see what happens once they start to get away with that. But if they avoid that, um, it could be, you know, that there is demand for more shows um, for um, for AEW in uh, some of those other markets. So sounds like Schlong Jarrett's really excited about this and he wants to be active, really active and working in this. So probably going to see him come off the of TV a little bit. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, there's going to be small markets that are never going to get live. So if you want to give them live, give them live. Uh, the, the thing is that cracks me up about ROH is poor impact. Yeah. They're just another thing. Another thing that's going to hurt their, their people's ability to watch them. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, impact when they killed the Twitch deal. That's really what that's really what I think was the nail to sort of continue to drive them further and further down the chain. You know what I mean? Like impact could be a huge player, but dude, the fact that they put it on YouTube, even if it's for like a dollar, you know, it's just not the same as Twitch. You know what I mean? I don't know. No, I'm with you. Well, there's a couple of things, and I'm I'm completely with you. One, that's going to sound weird, but like people don't expect to pay for YouTube. They just don't. So to be, so to be any even a dollar, it's like you've already changed what people expect out of YouTube. Two, you're right. The Twitch thing really hurt. They should have figured out a way to monetize people live streaming along with them because that was something people liked. And they, and I guarantee they could have worked something out with Twitch of uh, being like, Hey, we need it. We need some kind of share of like, if, if this many people, we either need the statistics to go to our advertisers or we need something like you, they were big enough. They could have worked that out. So to not do that, yeah, I think leaving, leaving Twitch really hurt them. They they needed to be the most accessible, accessible brand, and they're they, even though YouTube is extremely accessible, I think they went a step to make it less so, and that's just not good. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens to Impact. They're they're 
they've been doing what they need to do. It's just they don't have the eyes on the on the product. I mean, look, even MLW has a TV deal now where you're in most cable markets on reels, you know, I mean, and reels is starting to pick up because they've got, you know, what is it on patrol live, which was basically live PD. So people are tuning into reels. I watch the live PD show on Friday and Saturdays when there's nothing else on to watch. It's just something to have on. I can't tell you how much promotion they do for MLW. Every commercial break, there's a commercial for MLW. It's just interesting to see, like, how could Impact not find any way into more homes? It just is wild. Yeah, it's it's if you're going to go YouTube, be free. I would have stayed on Twitch truthfully this is gonna sound stupid they should have embraced more of a streamer lifestyle they should have reached out and gotten that and connected and they didn't and, yeah. and halfway stuff just doesn't work totally true schlong totally true some news that broke yesterday is that while we don't know what uh thunder rosa's in ring status is she did share some news about another position she's taking in aew she said, exciting news, fans. Uh, while my recovery continues, I'll join the AEW. I'll join AEW as a Spanish commentator and on-screen personality. I'm thrilled to be able to serve Spanish-speaking fans in this unique way. Health is a journey with ups and downs. Meanwhile, I'll see you from the booth. So, Schlong, I don't know what it means to be an on-screen personality. It's uh, an interesting statement. But um, there really hasn't been any extensive word on what her sort of uh, health status is. But it seems like they're going to be working her back into television in some way. So maybe she's not too far off, but she'll at least be in people's minds from the Spanish commentary booth. Yeah, I mean, she clearly isn't. Yeah, I think this is a way to get her back into things without before she's can go full, full blown wrestling. And I think that makes sense. There's reports that she did a, like there was like a meeting held to kind of clean a slate with her since she did have some, some issues with people in the back. I think they are preparing for her in ring return. I just think she, she's not healthy enough for it yet. So they're just trying to make way for it. Yeah. And, um, what better way to do it, right. than put her at commentary. Right. And then she'll eventually work her way back and come off of commentary, you know? So, yeah. Uh, and Schlong in the big news, as we alluded to earlier, we do have um, we do have some uh, word on uh, Ring of Honor um, about what is going to be happening with television and some of the other stuff. Uh, so Tony Khan was uh, on Busted Open this morning, uh, February 15th. And um, he said taping, uh, there's going to be a taping that takes place Saturday, February 25th and Sunday, February 26th at Universal Studios, where the company holds semi-regular tapings for dark uh, and tickets will go on sale tomorrow. Um, uh, he didn't reveal when the material filmed in Orlando would be added to Honor Club, but that was later sort of revealed in an interview with uh, Sports Illustrated. Um, and, um, I believe they said it will begin airing. Yes. On Thursday, March 2nd. Uh, so, um, we will get a ring of honor show, uh, 
starting Thursday, March 2nd uh, through the Honor Club. Uh, and like we said, they're going to be uh, taping for those uh, here at the end of February. So if you're in the Orlando area, get some tickets, show up to the show. Ring of Honor is a lot of fun. It was fun before TK owned it, but now it's just, you know, there's all this talent crossover and stuff like that. We're probably going to see a lot of pullbacks from that, but um, it'll be good. Should have done it. Should have done it in Philly. Listen, I don't disagree. Um, I don't disagree. You could probably do it from the old ECW arena. Um, and maybe they will in time, but they at least have this in place, right? That's gotta be why they're continuing to do it or they're going to do it at universal. Cause they've got this deal in place and they have the space. Yeah. 100% why there, it makes more sense to do it there. I just, I'm biased. Of course. I mean, I think it'd be better, better in Philly too. Yeah. Something I can attend. But there you go, folks. Ring of Honor, two tapings, the 25th and 26th. And then the first television show will be on Honor Club um, March uh, 2nd. Uh, So if you're not part of Honor Club, get up on your Honor Club. I plan to do it, Shlong. I just haven't done it yet. Now that they say TV's coming, I got to do it. But I want to go back to the catalog anyway. There's so much good stuff in there in their library. I know they're missing a few things, but, um, you know, I, am definitely interested in getting the honor club. I'll start it up for March. Yeah, I'm there. I mean, I, I want to go through the catalog, but truthfully I'm there for the new wrestling. So I bought it. I'm ready. Nice. And Shlong, that's it. So a lot of news bites from the week, a good dynamite show tonight. Uh, looks like a good rampage coming up on Friday and the next week they're, they're already lining up a good card for uh for the wednesday night show and next wednesday will be our centennial episode 100 uh pretty sure matthew will be here math uh, millionaire matt lumberjack matt whatever you know him as shining wizards matt will be here next wednesday with us so um so tune in we should have kate next week as well hopefully she doesn't big time us but who knows what random guests will appear oh boy you know, Shalane, it's something we should talk about. If we do want to have some guests on, we can slot them in. You know, we can have some guests in. Maybe, uh, who knows? Maybe Captain will be back uh, in port. You know, I hear his his ship will be around. So maybe oh, we boy. can get him on, you know, a day on, what is it, a, on excursion. We can get him on an excursion. He'll be on leave. He'll have shore leave that day. Yeah, there you go. So tune in to us next week. But Schlong, why don't you tell the people where they can follow you and uh, and interact with you uh, every, when you're not here? Every Monday and Tuesday, I am live tweeting Dark and Dark Elevation from Mark Order Pod, and I'm there the rest of the week, ready to interact. Just don't be a dick. So don't be a dick. Follow us at Mark Order Pod on Twitter. In fact, at Mark Order Pod on all our social accounts is what we go by. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, if people are still using Facebook, um, you know, YouTube, all the places, uh, give us a follow. Uh, we appreciate those who do follow us and, uh, you can go to our link tree. If you're, you know, on any of those platforms and not connected to the other ones, we have links to all those places. Uh, we also have a link to uh, get some free stickers. So just click that uh, button. Give us your full name, 
your email, your full mailing address in the country you live in, and then we will send you out some free Mark Order podcast stickers to anywhere you live in the world. Um, the other thing you could do if you're so inclined is you could click the button to visit our Pro Wrestling Tea store and pick up a t-shirt. You could also just head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkOrderPod or ProWrestlingTees.com and then search for Mark Order Podcast. We should pop right up. We've got four shirts in the store, uh, two front prints, two double-sided prints. If you would like to spend some dollars on us that will then turn around and then pour back into this show, uh, we greatly appreciate it. And I, uh, I do make phone calls to people who buy shirts. A little backlogged right now. I am calling you. But I will call you if you order a shirt to personally thank you for supporting the Mark Order podcast. I will uh, not. That's fine. I will. You don't need to hear from the, the other schlubs on this show. I'll give you a call and say thank you. Uh, we also want to thank uh, everybody who watched along with us tonight. Caden, uh, Cabbage Sensei checked in, Jesse Ozog, uh, Asian Joe. The Brocast, part of the Shining Wizards Network, uh, was checking us out tonight. Um, you know, uh, Slonamite was in here. We saw her jump in uh, a couple times. Eric Freed's, uh, Rob Humphrey. Thank you all to those who watched and chatted along. We appreciate you. Um, to those who are listening in podcast form, we love you too. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us anywhere uh, you find your podcast. So uh, if you uh, are uh, listening, make sure you rate, subscribe, or subscribe, rate, review. That stuff does help us on the podcast. If you've never watched us in podcast form or in video form, head over to YouTube and we have all of our uh, videos available in the archives. Um, and uh, if you do stop over to YouTube, if you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe because you also get alerts, I think, to when our uh, live broadcasts are going to happen. But you know that every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m., we come to you live after Dynamite to capture everything that happened in the week of AEW. Schlong, a pleasure uh, having you on a surprise two uh, live crew edition of the Mark Order podcast, our go-home to episode 100. Uh, so we suggest you guys tune in next week. I'm going to be completely honest with you people. I We don't have anything concrete planned for episode 100, but Ryan saying there may be some guests. Uh, you should probably fucking tune in to episode 100 in video format, or if you listen in podcast, go back and watch in video format because it'll probably be a doozy next week with a full house and some surprise guests. So... Stay tuned. Thank you all for listening. Ryan, love you, pal. Sorry about the Eagles, but we're glad you're in good spirits. Shit happens. Life goes on. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.
This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.